Blog Talk Radio. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Springtime is in the air. You can smell the grass. You can see the lights. You can get all ready for baseball. Well, actually, baseball has kind of started already because they played games that count last week over in Japan, if you already forgot about that. I know I had. But baseball for all the rest of the teams gets started for real tomorrow. This is Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with your 2019 baseball preview. Here with you live on a Wednesday night. March the 27th, 2019. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Yeah, March 28th tomorrow, I believe, is going to be the earliest official opening day for all these teams ever. They're trying to move the opening day back farther and farther, it seems, trying to space the season a little better, give some more days off in between, make sure the the World Series doesn't end in November, I guess. So that's good. Uh, But nonetheless, we are here for the baseball preview. It is finally time for real baseball, not just for the Mariners and the A's, but for everybody else in Major League Baseball. And, Jay, we got rules changes. It's almost like an uh, NFL preview show. We're going to look at some of the rules changes that they've uh, implemented that's changing the game that we know uh, as we speak. Uh, And then we'll get to breaking down these divisions and picking these champions that doesn't doesn't even matter because it's baseball. These teams are going to be so different by the end of the year. It's, It's really pointless. But, we got 90 minutes of baseball. I'm sure you're all ready to go and ready and, and fired up for it. I am excited. Uh, I've got, you know, we have the official start of the season tomorrow, although it's officially, there's yes, there's two games in the book. There's stats that count. Uh, they happened a week ago. And like you said, I'm pretty sure most people have already forgotten um, about the the fact that the Seattle Mariners are out to a uh, you know two game lead in the uh, American League West. I don't I don't think anybody really really cares. What's um, wrong with the uh, Oakland Athletics? We, we have to start those stories now. They're zero <laughs> yes. two. My God. Yes, the, the the A's went to to Tokyo or or whatever. I think it was was it Tokyo? I, I don't know. I think it was yeah Tokyo. Wherever no. they went, no. and they got they basically Not lost Tokyo, a two game no. series as the home team. Uh, to the Seattle Mariners and the Ichiro. Yeah, I, I'm not going to put too much faith into that two-game set uh, and say that, you know, the, the Mariners are going to go all the way and, and the A's are done. Yeah, that's not, not too many people are going to put a lot of uh, stock into those two games. Like I said, it was so long ago last week. It just it, it, it feels like it didn't even happen. It's even weirder. I'm flipping channels yesterday and come across the Mariners back playing exhibition games. And I'm like, wait a wait a damn yeah. minute. They just they, they play games that count. Now they got to go back to spring training. How are you training for a season that you started? I don't. I don't. I can't. Uh, if you can explain that to me, please go ahead and do so because I can't make heads or tails of that. Well, it, it wouldn't have made sense for the Mariners to go over there and, and them in the A's and just come back and be like, dude, take a week of vacation. So. Well, I, I guess you go play a couple of games that don't count. I mean, that do count to come back to play a few more games. That, uh, I don't know. Maybe, They're both weird. Both, you know, both circumstances would be maybe, weird. Maybe, I don't know, but maybe just maybe they could have done these games tomorrow and Friday and then just given the, the Mariners and the A's like the weekend off. 
and then kind of tried to work them back into a schedule that way. But we'll see. Uh, the, you know, the, the Mariners and the A's already got it going and uh, has zero impact on what I'm about to pick here tonight. <laughs> That's uh, That might be a, a good resolution, but I don't know. I, I don't know how long it takes your body to readjust after playing in Japan and coming back to the United States. Maybe three days isn't enough uh, for the weekend off. You definitely can't have them open over there tomorrow and then fly back and play a weekend series over here. That's definitely out of the question. But <laughs> Yeah, I would have probably had them do a – you know, maybe maybe they could have played like Tuesday, Wednesday this week or Wednesday, Thursday, and then just had the rest of the series off and then gone back to playing maybe Monday, Tuesday. But yeah, the whole the whole week in between and coming back and playing spring training games, it's just, yeah, not for me. So an odd start to the season already, even before the rules changes. Well, with the, some of the rules changes, some of these are being implemented this year. Some of them. Next year, I actually thought when I heard the the news come out that it was all going to start going in this year, but they're they're not quite that crazy. They're kind of crazy up there with uh, in Rob Manfred's office, but they're not quite that crazy. Some of these are implemented for this season, and some of the more radical ones yeah. are not going in until 2020. So, uh, like I said, like a like the NFL preview show that we usually have, we have to get all the new rules out of the way because they change rules and add new rules every single yeah. year. And baseball adds, added some new ones this year. So we got the uh, for 2019. We got the only one trade deadline. We talked about a lot of this on the last uh, on the last show. Yeah. Uh, only one trade deadline. Now they eliminated the uh, waiver wire trade deadline of August 31st, and now there's only one trade deadline of July 31st. Uh, your thoughts on that rule change, if uh, if any? I'm okay with that. I think it makes the actual July 31st deadline more exciting. Uh, I think we, we, we've had some clunkers over the years, you know, where that's, you know, baseball still has the absolute best trading deadline where there's like a whole frenzy around it. I think this will get teams to, you know, they're either going to have to, you know, shit or get off the pot now, and they're not going to be able to co- sort of sneak through one of these uh, top tier players uh, because the salaries are so high that nobody wants to make the claim. I'm okay. I'm okay with that move. Yeah, I guess I'm okay with it too. It's going to make July 31st even more of a circus than it normally is. And I guess that's fun. That's good. That's, you know, a little whimsical. That's going to be, Oh my God, there's another trade. There's another trade. And Oh, there's another small trade that, that whatever time that deadline is, four Eastern or three Central, something like that. There's going to be so many smaller trades that come in that we don't find out about for four or five hours because it's going to take that long for the league office to sort through them all and process them and, and disseminate them to the proper uh, media correspondents. So it's going to be even crazier than normal. So that, that, that could be fun. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that rule. It's not something that really wrinkles me or anything as an old school fan. Uh, this one doesn't really matter much, but for some reason rankles me a little more. So we'll see uh, how you feel about that. The fans voting on starters for the all-star game in this convoluted one day format where there's a, well, the, the, is it the top three vote getters at each position at a certain date, they cut it off and then they have one day where you can go online or whatever uh, and vote for whoever's going to actually be the starter for the all-star game. The fan vote is the only one that counts as far as voting the starters at that point. Uh, I don't know. That, that, that feels like a gimmick to me. It's going to drive a whole shitload of traffic to the MLB website. So 
you know, uh, that's just uh, a cash grab as far as I'm concerned. Nah, but but adding a gimmick to something that's already kind of a tired gimmick, I think we were, I think we've been sort of anti All Star games on this show pretty pretty regularly. That that you know that, that the appeal of what it used to have, it's just not there. You know, we, we, the exposure to all the players. So if they're trying to make it more fun or they're trying to do it, you know, more fair. I don't know. I can remember going to the ballpark and it'd be like three weeks into the season and I'm already being handed at, you know, all-star battle. The all-star battle, uh, yeah. Uh, something doesn't seem right about voting for the all-star game that's in, what, July? <laughs> it, you know, in three July, weeks they, the they played yeah. three weeks and you're supposed to vote yeah. on all-star stars already. Like, wow, Correct. okay. Yeah, I, I would... I, I would I would, if I was going to make any proposal, it would be to dramatically shorten the period of time of voting to maybe that two or three week period before, because there, there's no way. This is this is why it was always such a joke, you know, that, that players who were like injured, but that you know, but right. could the year before would suddenly be like voted to start the All Star game even though they hadn't played. Um, so clearly, it's a it's a popularity contest. And I really don't, you know, I don't care. I guess that's one of those. I mean, does that, does that sound bad? <laughs> it doesn't really no. matter to me. No, it's, I just, I I'm not going to watch the game anyways. I liked going to the ballpark and getting a ballot. I liked voting for Yoshlobotnik, who's hitting 400 for the Rays uh, for the All-Star game, just based on a hot start to the season. I'd always, I always got a little giggle out of that. He never won, of course, uh, right. but it was always funny. Just a little, little something to make you laugh. Like, okay, doing all star balloting now. Interesting. Uh, I don't, but I don't think this is anything. Uh, it's not a big deal, but I don't think it's anything to celebrate or be excited about. The, uh, maybe the, the, the kids might be excited. There's this one day that they can circle on the calendar that they're going to get to vote as many times as they want for Mike Trout for the all star game, and it's going to really make a big difference and make them feel good or whatever. Like I said, all that's going to do is drive a whole ton of traffic to the the MLB, whatever site that they have for this voting, whatever. So you you know what that means. You know what that's all about. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Always, always follow the money. So, but but ultimately, no big deal. No, I I I'm not even that that uh, that into it, as you can tell. Indeed, it, it doesn't so, affect the game. You know, that's like if you know football changed, or like, you know, like the way they're doing like the what the team captains and the pick 'em for. Who cares? It doesn't really change the product on the field. Those are the rules I'm interested in. When you you start dramatically altering the game, well, that's 2020. The rules that yes. will be altering the game. Uh, that 26 man roster comes uh, in 2020, uh, but only get to expand to 28 in September instead of the 40 that yeah. they normally got to expand to. Uh, your, your thoughts on that change? That, that's I, actually changing the game. I th- Yes, that's changing the game because I think you are – you're sort of penalizing the bad teams who normally would pull up you know, the prospects, you know, the minor league season's usually over. You're pulling up the prospects. You want to kind of get a start on seeing what you've got for the next season. So you end up with this massive sort of like influx of, of players and, and you start to start working on your next season. 
I understand for those are in the chase, all of a sudden now are teams that are that are running away with something that now you can just pull in these extra, you know, pull up 15 players and, you know, start resting your guys and, you know, making them uh, not have to play so much going into the postseason. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of DL stints in September. Uh, you nope. know, everybody's IL get it right. IL injured list. Uh, yeah, they, they not disabled anymore. Uh, why is that? Is that offensive to the disabled? <laughs> Probably. Uh, <I'm> just, Probably. <laughs> so, yes, the otherly abled list, uh, differently abled <laughs> list. I guess as we can start That's calling right. it that now. Yeah, we can't just call it the retarded list anymore. I guess. <laughs> oh. You know. Definitely can't call it that. No. Oh, sorry. Sorry, such a dinosaur. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to see it in. I have. That's what I'm going to have to see in practice because I think the 40 man expansion, the end of the season, you get to get all these teams. They get to start flooding the guys up from the minor leagues, and you start to get seeing like, especially for the, you know, growing up watching a lot of bad Cub teams. That was always sort of your your preview of like the guys who might be coming up the next year. Or, uh, now you can only get three extra bodies. So not sure how that's going to work. See, that's why I lean on the side of I like uh, the that rule change. It's just because of that, because it cuts down on these double-A guys coming up for the non-contenders mm-hmm. and determining important games against actual contenders. And that's sort of I, – I didn't like that so much. When you got a big moment and the, uh, the team that's contending for the wild card – uh, has the the bottom of the ninth and they're leading by one and the bases are loaded. But oh, look who's coming to the plate! It's the guy who hit two ninety at Double A Biloxi <laughs> and uh, okay, gets a strikeout and end the game. Yeah, guys wearing number eighty two. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't really think that's that's really baseball. That's really you right. know that's that, that that's 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 for exhibition. That's for training camp. That that's for yeah. you know. The, the for the spring training that we're seeing all the 82s and guys running around like that. So I actually lean towards liking uh, that rule change. That's for 2020. Also for 2020 uh, that we, of course, talked about is probably the, the most impactful on the actual game play is the pitchers have to throw to a minimum of three batters. And, I, and this is starters too. So this is, you can almost call this the great council rule because uh, I was reading about the rule change. This applies to starting pitching as well. Any pitcher that comes into the game has to throw to a minimum of three batters or until the half inning is over. So if they come in and there's two outs and they get one guy, that's good. But uh, they have to go until the half inning ends. And that's going to cut down on wasted time uh, between pitching changes and all that. So uh, what do you think of that one? Well, yeah. Can we call this the Wade Miley rule? (laughs) Do you think somebody saw that Wade Miley thing? I mean, because you and I both – I don't think you and I were either – fans of that 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 was sort of the jump the shark that was the jump the shark moment for craig council i mean that's when i knew i mean i hated what the way they were running it with the openers them in the rays to begin with and that i run it to fail so miserably that they they just they had to go and then once and anybody who was on the fence about that saw the wade miley game uh in the lcs when he threw to one batter to start the game he was the starter he walked him and then promptly got, and got yanked after basically just really? coming in and walking one guy. So yeah, we can call this the, uh, the Wade Miley rule. That was a, is it a knee jerk? Is it, really yeah, I mean, is it, 
is it a knee jerk reaction? Sure. Uh, yeah. I still think this, I still think the opener thing here is doomed to fail. I think somebody looked at that and said, yeah, we're not going to have any of that. It's definitely going to have implications in the strategy in the late game because, you know, you, you got a guy who comes in and all of a sudden you start wanting to play matchups. You can play matchups against the guy and start bringing out your, you know, start bringing out your guys off your bench uh, because now you don't have to worry so much that that lefty's just in there to get one guy out unless there's two outs in the inning and he gets them. Uh, yeah, you can start to to rally against the guy. Although you and I did uh, speculate this is going to create a lot of like twinges in elbows and forearm strains. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot to download that sound drop. Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. Oh my arm. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna see a lot of that. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of tingly, tingly fingers, or the guy just starts you know wave, you ah, know, flailing that ah, arm around like who just ah, can't get loose. Yeah, the trainer just, will come oh, out. No. <laughs> trainer will know, come man. out. Rub his bicep a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can see some gamesmanship going on with that rule. And I can also see the opposing manager standing out there with his arms extended, like, oh come on, oh, come on, really. <laughs> We're doing that? Really? We're, oh. Yeah. I, I can certainly see all of that happening. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so yeah, we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about those teams that employ that strategy a little later on <laughs> and, 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 and my thoughts as we go into 2019. That is definitely changing the, the game fundamentally as we know it. it is attempting to be the death of the loogie, of the, the lefty one-out guy. Yeah. Who comes in and gets the one guy and then sits back down. and But if you really want to speed up the pace of play, that's a, that's one way to do it. I'm, I'm not going to say I love the rule change or even like it so much, but I understand. I definitely understand that rule change to get rid of those late inning situations in which you got the one righty comes in to start the inning, gets an out, then we got to go to a yeah. commercial because here comes the left-handed guy to get an out, and then we got to go to another commercial because here comes the other right-hander to get the third out. I get it. That's that's just that, that's definitely one of the drags on the game. Uh, if you're the type that thinks that baseball needs speeding up in order to survive, I don't think that because I love it the way it is. But I'm a dinosaur along with you. So, but, yeah, but I get I, I'm that. okay with that. I mean, the Dave it, it hasn't worked for Dave Roberts or Craig Counselor, right? It, so it, you have to sometimes let the teams that that think that they're smarter than the system fail. Just let them fail. Craig Council, yes, he got his team to the NLCS. It failed. Dave Roberts has not won a title. It's failed. Um, this is definitely a way to, to speed things along. Uh, so those are the big rule changes. Uh, was there? There's some smaller ones I know that I missed. Was there anything that uh, uh, that you wanted to bring up? Well, the shorter the shorter breaks between innings. I, I believe that's yeah. this year that they're trying to you know because we were joking about on the last show that we don't need any more five and a half hour nine inning games between the. Yankees and Red Sox, every time they play on Sunday night baseball on ESPN, that game starts at 7 p.m. and ends at midnight. And it's a 5-4 to four game. Right. Well, the lefty one-out guy elimination cuts that down on that, and also the uh, shorter commercial breaks, uh, two minutes yeah. instead of 2.25 now. So that, that'll all help. It's little small changes, but it'll all help. I mean, I just hope that this doesn't mean that we end up with more of the problems that we've been having, which is the the, the baseball, uh, the, the TV broadcasts are coming back in, and it's like already a two-and-one count. <laughs> 
it's been a problem lately the last few years where you're basically they're coming back from commercial and a pitch has already been thrown like you huh yeah that's that's not cool yeah so if you're gonna cut that down to two minutes you, you may has you may as well um please make it a hard two minutes and, and keep it that way I, I think they will I, I think they'll be good about that all right, so that's the uh, the new changes to the game. It's uh, the game is changing. Things are changing, people. I know people are afraid of change and hate anything that changes, but things. I don't want to say they have to change, but you can understand why baseball wants to change. They they don't want to wait until there's literally nobody in the stands. There's like 400 people at the game, and they go, "Oh wait, there's something fundamentally wrong with the game. We got to change it." <laughs> They're trying I, I, to get out ahead of it a little bit. I don't think they're changing the in the ballpark experience. Going from two twenty five to two minutes at the ballpark, the, the the inning breaks breeze by when you're at the game. I, I, I it does. Fuck. Again, we're dinosaurs. I think if you're a, a child or a younger fan, maybe that is a, a longer th- maybe the two twenty five that extra twenty five seconds. Maybe that is death to them. Maybe that is. 25 okay. seconds that they could have been, you know, that they that they get distracted by Facebook or Twitter, that they, they right. could have been more in, uh, in tune into the game. I, I don't know. It sounds silly to us, but maybe that does make a big difference to them. Yeah. But I tell you, when you're at home and you got that remote in your hand and you got 400 channels of TV, two, hours, two minutes and 25 seconds starts to feel like a while. You know, oh, maybe I'll <laughs> check and see what else is on. Oh, all right. these commercials, especially to your point with the – you know, come back from commercial, guy gets one person out, change pitchers. Another guy gets one person out, change pitchers. Another guy comes in, walks a couple of guys, oh, change pitchers, yeah. And now you've got an inning, you know, half bottom half of an inning that takes 45 minutes. Yeah, they're definitely trying to cut down on all that. Those Red Sox-Yankees games are still going to be four hours. And the reason, as we oh. know from, from watching the games, is because you can eliminate all those little changes and, and take a minute away here and two minutes there. But at the end of the day, both those teams are still unbelievably aggra- aggravatingly wonderful at taking pitches, working counts, and getting pitchers <laughs> deep into uh, – and no starter goes more than four or five innings. Either one, either team, your starter is up to 90 pitches in the fourth because both teams are great at taking pitches and working counts. So they're still going to be very, very long games. We'll see. I hope that gets better. They're they're trying. All right, let's uh, get to the plugs before we start picking what we think is going to happen in the baseball season coming up. Uh, Of course, you can email the show with any questions or comments, and that to email. I'm sorry, in much less detail at gmail.com. Just got back from bowling. I'm a little loopy and worn out, but this is my call to do it after bowling because I wanted all day uh, knowing that I wasn't going to work. I wanted all day to, to get this ready and, and work on my picks for the show. And then it kind of seamlessly worked into, I had a, a the one and only baseball draft that I'm doing this year. I had that at three o'clock this afternoon. So it all just kind of worked together. I, I got my research in for the show, got ready for the draft, did my draft, had a uh, okay draft. It, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, and now I'm ready to to do the podcast tonight. So uh, we got uh, Twitter. I'm at IMLD Dre. Jason's at IMLD JTG. Um, all our football picks are up on our blog and our uh, 
Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy inductions coming in July will be up on our blog as well. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And you're listening to the show live. The only place you can listen is the website, blogtalkradio.com slash inmuchlessdetail. Uh, if you want to listen to the show as a podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, any different number of podcasting apps, including TuneIn and MixCloud and many, many others. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. And when you find us, subscribe. And every show that we do will be downloaded to you once it's finished. And with that, it's time to make our predictions for baseball, which is always, we always have to say, it's a silly exhibition to try to predict what's going to happen in a baseball season because there's so many variables. And you talk about 162 games and all these rosters and injuries and injured lists, not disabled because they're very able-bodied and we're very proud of them because they're all very special. But injured lists because people get injured sometimes. Um, and minor league call-ups and, and service time situations and who's going to play and who's not. But we still like to make picks anyway because it's baseball and we love baseball and we just love talking about baseball. So with that said, time for our predictions. And as is custom, we will start in the division of the defending World Series champions, and that would be the AL East, home of the Boston Red Sox. What are your thoughts on the AL East this year? Uh, we always kind of do it a little freeform, but you were telling me before the show started that you actually do what I usually do, which is pick the uh, division in order, all the teams, and, and, and list them in whatever order uh, that you believe that the division is going to come in this year. So uh, we can compare lists and, and, and our picks for the uh, for the whole division for, for each team, uh, what position they're going to be in, uh, five through one or one through five, however you want to do it. Ah, sure. Well, we can, we can just sort of go about from the bottom up, uh, you know, each of us here I've gotten the, in last place. I, I don't think, you know, this is the thing with baseball this year. Is I don't think there's going to be a ton of surprises. Uh, you know, there's only what have been the 30 teams in the league. 10 of them are competing for a title, right? Is that, a, is that a safe number? <laughs> if we're lucky, it might be that might not be that many. Yeah, uh, so I've got I've got the Orioles uh, again. Uh, you can't finish 26 games behind the team in front of you, and, and to make all that up, uh, even in one year, and, and that team is just oh, the Orioles are just that that team is death. That team is just absolutely <laughs> horrific. I mean they they've got some pieces. I mean this isn't fantasy baseball. I mean yeah, sure, there's probably a few nice fantasy options. There's nice fantasy options on every team. The Royals will have some. The, the you know, the the Marlins will have some. Somebody's going to be getting stats. It's not like the, the Orioles are going to lose every game nine to nothing. Um, there's going to be a lot of them that go that way, but yeah. they, they're they're bad. I mean, they can't pitch. Uh, they're hitting. They, 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 there's nothing to like. I, I'm not going to get too depth, in depth about the Baltimore Orioles. The, the, ugh, ick. Worst team in baseball. Boy, howdy. <laughs> None more to add here. Actually, the only. Interesting thing about them, and I'm picking them last two, is if you follow Jason LaConfora on Twitter, the football writer, uh, he's yeah. a, a native native Baltimore guy, Baltimorean maybe, is that, is that how that's Bal- pronounced? I don't know. Baltimorean? But, but, I, hey, that that was Jay. Not Dre. That was Jay that did that one. Uh, whatever youngster in the Orioles organization that does well – this year or uh, in the years going forward, 
I promise you, has been hyped by Lockenfora on Twitter for the last three or four years. He is all over, get these minor leaguers up here because they've got to be better than this garbage that's playing in the majors right now. Every single prospect that the Orioles has to him is better than the major leaguers that they have right now. And you know what? He's not wrong. Uh, I don't, I, they got to eat Chris Davis's contract and get rid of him because I don't yeah. know why they're keeping him around. That's, that's really a, a, a bad situation with him. He has not been good for a long time. But, but everywhere else, it's just it's, it's a bunch of kids, really. Uh, and yeah, they said they four has been hyping them all. <laughs> their hottest hitter in the spring, they sent down to the minors. Uh, their, their their catcher, uh, it was Chance Disco. They sent him down to the minors. He was their hottest hitter in the in the in the in the spring training this year, and they sent him down. Yeah, it's the, the days where we're going to get to see Austin wins and <laughs> Ryan Mountcastle. I'm sure those days are coming. And Cedric Mullins, he's been hyping them all. Cedric Mullins, who's yeah, for the time being, it, you know, not every somebody needs to let this guy know. This is because it worked for the Cubs and the Astros and the Braves. It, it doesn't work that way for every team. First, you have but to you, have a stocked farm system. You can do it the Cubs way. You just have a – every team has a farm system. And, every, you know, when you win 47 games, clearly something's not working. So how could it be worse? So I do understand the argument to just like, hey, let's just flood the system, let these guys learn and take their lumps because it can't be worse than that. Yes, exactly. That's I understand Lockerford completely. When you have to watch that major league product the way as bad yeah. as it's been, yeah, you do want to see all the minor leaguers and you want to so, see them all right now. I totally understand what he's saying. Well, this is what the Marlins are doing, right? I mean, the Marlins are fielding oh. a double A team. Speaking of a team that's deaf, and Starling Castro, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, so no, I've got. I think we both are in agreement. The, the Orioles are the drizzling shits. Uh, I've got them in an absolute uh, dead last place. I've got that followed up by. Oh, it's going to look a lot like last year. I've got that followed up by the uh, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays. I, I like what the Blue Jays are doing. Uh, I think they are going to close the gap between them and Tampa. So I don't think there's going to be this giant gap between them because you had the 26 game gap between the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and then you had another 16 games between Toronto and Tampa. I actually see them as 3-4 and fairly interchangeable. Okay. I, I think it's going to be closer uh, to Baltimore myself. but uh, Oh, I, okay. It, they're, they're going to be in the cellar. I, I, I also have Toronto 4. They're both going to be in the cellar. Uh, they got Vlad Jr., so that's great. Yep. But I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if they have too much else going for them either. Uh, they, their pitching's been suspect. Uh, I don't know how much you can get out of it. Injury risk guys like Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez, these were like top prospects, right? So a lot of post hype guys sort of going out there trying to get things done for them. Uh, they still have some offense, so Toronto can hit. Um, I just worry that their pitching is going to hold up because w- what looks like a good rotation on paper. Um, just ask the Angels. Doesn't always mean it works out that way. See, there's a small bit of disagreement. I, I don't. I'm not impressed with their offense. I don't think they have too much going for them uh, oh, offensively. Okay. Uh, you know, Kevin Ballar has been uh, hit or miss. Uh, Randall Gritchick is definitely a, one of those strikeout guys or strikeout or home run guys. Uh, Justin Smoke has got big power, but he's always kind of like all on the edge of being like a big 30, 35 homer guy. He's, He's he's right there. He's right at the edge of being that. And after that, I don't, you know, 
Brandon Drury and Freddie Galvis. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, they won 73 games last year. I probably would give them an uptick maybe to 77 or 78. It's it's mostly more of a function that I expect some backsliding from Tampa. Um, Tampa Bay and that ro- basically – oh, I'm sorry? I was just going to say that rotation that you already mentioned would have been uh, pretty pretty damn good in, in 2014. Um, yeah, so <laughs> – Shoemaker and Buckholes and yeah. those guys. Tampa is one of those teams that I think can't get out of their own way. They are so in love with this opener strategy. And the sad part of it is, is if you look at their rotation, they have good starting pitchers that they've accumulated now. But uh, especially at the back end where you have the guys who can clearly go the innings and Yarbrough and uh, Yanni Chirinos, those, those guys can go out there and do it but they've fallen so in love with the, we got to have the opener. We got to have that, that guy come out and pitch the first, uh, come on, just, just stop. Here's the thing. They won 90 games last year. So I hate to admit it, but it kind of worked. It is goofy as hell, but uh, that, that goofy ass opener shit, it seemed like it, I don't know that maybe there's some wear and tear that you save on some, uh, some of the younger arms and you don't send them out there every fourth or fifth day if they're not really ready to, to be the guy. And then you got actual starters for the first, second, and third day. And it, they made it work last year. I don't know if it's definitely going to work this year, but it definitely worked last year. And I, and I don't like it either aesthetically. It, it offends me as a baseball yeah. fan just like it does you. But it ain't going away. It's here I would, to stay for them anyway. If, if I was a manager – of the other, of the team that knew I was facing an opener, and you've got all the numbers and the metrics, and it says that you're going out there and you're facing some guy, and he's just completely lights out, right? And he's just going to come out in that first inning. He's just going to throw, you know, nothing. He's just going to blow you away. He's got hardly any ERA. You can't get to the guy. I would turn my lineup over totally to just let him face my seven, eight, and nine guys in the first inning. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? AF you, buddy. You come out and pull this opener shit. I'm going to make sure that your starter comes out in the second inning and actually has to face the top of my order. Uh, that's one so way I'll give of you the first it. inning. I'll give you the first I, inning. I just want to see, I want to see a little bit of a pushback from the teams that are having this done to them all the time. Cause I think there's got to be a change almost in the way that you would even set up your lineup against a team that's trying to, that's trying to pull that BS. I hate it. Right. But it, but it if you adjust and do that, then yep. now and you're you, going to send up yep. worse hitters later in the game and get them bats over the, the four, five, and six. I'd, I'd be too afraid to do that. Yeah, I, But I'm just saying, send a message. There's 162 games in the season. Uh, it's a gimmick. There's we've no seen, doubt we've about seen that. Managers, we've seen managers punt games during a 162-game season. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've watched Joel Madden do it plenty of times. But the the roster actually has baseball talent aside from that gimmick. So that's the other frustrating part about Tampa is they're so deep and they you know they're not going to pay anybody that's really good. It took them uh, pulling teeth to give Blake Snell more than five hundred some thousand dollars after he just won the fucking Cy Young last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's real talent there. That's it's it's I don't want to say that they're definitely going to improve on the 90 wins but the 90 wins when I think about it is as crazy as it would have sounded before the season I'm sure I didn't have them anywhere near the playoffs 
when I look at the roster, okay, I can, Snell had the kind of year that he had. I, I, I get it. I understand how they did that. Is he going to come back like that again? Is he due for some, he's due for some regression? He can't be lights out like he was last year. But when you see, when you have him and Charlie Morton, number two, and Tyler Glasnow, number three, uh, that's a hell of a one, two, three. And uh, you got guys in the lineup up and down that can perform uh, when you talk about how good Tommy Pham could be if he's healthy. Uh, when you talk about Willie Adamas showed promise last year, the shortstop. Uh, kid Austin Meadows uh, looks like he might be good. Uh, and you know how I feel about uh, Avi Garcia, the former White Sox, uh, not just because he's a former White Sox, but because he's one of those guys that's consistently on the list of hardest hit balls. He, he's one of those guys that he's going to hit it hard. He might not always put up great numbers, but he's going to to put the ball in play and he's going to hit the ball hard. So uh, I think that's a good landing spot for him in Tampa. Uh, they, they got some, some, some potential to really surprise a lot of people again this year. And as a matter of fact, I have them surprising enough people that I've got three teams making the playoffs out of the American League East and Tampa Bay is one of them. Oh. Well, that doesn't really make the AL much more fun now. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't. But when you look at those other teams, and like we said, there's only so many teams really trying to compete. Yeah. You know, what what are you gonna do? No, I, you know, I like I like the way the Rays are going, and if they and I'd like to see them be a little bit more straight up with the starting rotation because they like what I'm saying is they clearly have the guys to do it. Yeah, they just need to let those guys go out and pitch, and you know, and and not be burning one of your relievers in the first inning, which is you know, you sometimes you run into a game where you actually could have used that guy late, um, or you end up with uh, you end up like Milwaukee, where it seems like every bullpen guy you have is about on the verge of blowing his arm out. Yeah, that, so, that will be to them later. That's a that's a sticky situation up there. Right, and you know, I, so I can definitely see that you could end up in these situations where you you can only watch Ryan Stanek start enough <laughs> so many games before you just like want to turn off the TV and be like, you know what, I'm so done with the Rays. It, it doesn't help that they're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, so I'm gonna go two uh, one here. I've got Boston to finish in second. I've got the Yankees uh, to win the division. I think it's gonna be very slim, and I think they're gonna probably go neck and neck all the way to the end. Uh, Red Sox bullpen is it's interesting. They've they've lost Kimberl at the back end. We'll see. Is it Matt Barnes who's going to close the games for them? I don't know. Um, one thing I do know about the Yankees is they've got a closer, and if he doesn't work out, they've got another one. And if he doesn't work out, they've got another one. So the back end of the Yankees rotation is absolutely stacked, and I think that's uh, why I'm going to take the Yankees to win the division. I think they have one of the top bullpens in all of baseball. Uh, that's anchored by Aroldis Chapman. They added Adam Adovino. I mean, Batanzas, they've got guys. And uh, they're going to keep games short, and then they have the offense to uh, hold up the, and, you know, get the lead and then let the bullpen come in and let, make it hold up. So I, I really do think that this is going to be the Yankees division. Not Nothing against the Red Sox. They won 108 games last year. They're not going to do that again. So... I'm going to have the uh, Red Sox to fall backwards a little bit, the Yankees to move up, but I think that's neck and neck all the way to the end. And they, they're interchangeable. They could be 1-1-A. They're both making the playoffs in my book, so that's what I've got. I've got the, the Yankees to edge out the Red Sox in the East. Yeah, 
I don't think anyone else could possibly have it other than Yankees and Red Sox, one, two, whichever order. Um, although some experts are trying to prove their geniusness by picking Tampa to actually leapfrog both of them and win the division. <laughs> that is just silly. I'm sorry. That's, I, that's somebody who just wants to be like, look at me. I'm the smartest guy. Was that Brian Kenny? I, I don't know. Oh, no, who he's exactly a Yankees. That. He's a Yankees homer. So he, that can't be him. <laughs> but that seems like the kind of thing he would do. There are people out there that it's probably somebody on the ESPN uh, page because I think they got like literally 30 or 40 experts, quote unquote experts that made uh-huh. picks this year. So uh, if you want to go over and check out everything that they're saying, go right ahead. But there are people who are doing that. Um, no, there's definitely going to be Yankees and Red Sox one way or the other. And whichever order you want to pick it in is fine by me. I'm personally, I'm going with Boston one and New York two. It doesn't really matter either way. Um, the reason I'm going New York second, despite one of the most awesome bullpens in terms of stuff I think I've ever seen, um, is because of the rotation that's going to have to overcome uh, Louis Severino not being at full yep. strength. I don't know what his deal is, but it's not something that is going to be minor. He, it might be like major stuff that he's trying to work back from. And they're not really being open and honest about it right now, but he's just kind of working his way back, but they're not saying Um, it's great that they got big maple in there, James Paxton in the rotation and and bumps uh, Masahiro Tanaka back to three and Jay half to four and CC Sabathia to five. Uh, And and I really love the stuff of Domingo German, who's going to take Severino's place to start the season. Um, But Severino, I think to me is just that missing piece to push them over Boston, that he can be dominant, and the fact that he's not out there and no one really knows what's wrong with him and when he's going to be out there, I think that's going to make the, the slightest bit of difference over Boston. We all we all know what Boston's big issue is, is who the hell is going to be their, their closer. Uh, you said uh, Matt Barnes. Is there, they got another kid, Ryan Brazier, that might uh, get a shot if, if Barnes fails. Uh, we really don't know how that's going to work out. It's kind of ballsy for them to say, you know, we got Craig Kimbrell on our team and we can have him back if we just meet his price. And, and we don't need you. We, 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 you helped us win a title and, and thanks for that. And now you can you can leave and we'll we'll try to win another title without you. So thanks. Um, it's 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 a little strange. It's a little gutsy, but that's what the, apparently they're going to try to do. Um, but no one can deny how great that offense is, uh, up and down, pretty much no weaknesses uh, in that batting order. So got to go Boston 1 for me and New York 2. But if anyone goes New York 1 like you did, I I, I get it. I'm certainly not going to argue with that. Yeah. yeah, no, you know, and as being a Cubs fan, I can put this always in perspective of the Cubs. And it's like, hey, you, you make the trade, you get a role as Chapman, probably the best closer, top top one or two best closers in baseball. Yeah, you win a World Series. And you follow that up with Wade Davis, and oh, and hey, he gets you all the way to the NLCS, and then you say, "Ah, oh, we don't need, we don't need that guy at the back end. We're just gonna go get Brandon Morrow, and then oh, <laughs> oh, oh, and then oh, and then we're gonna, then we're gonna win ninety-five games and let the Brewers tie us at the end of the year, and then not score any runs in the play-in game or play any, you know, oh my God, so." Yeah, the, the back end matters, and what the Red Sox are doing, playing the games, they're clearly not like lacking funds. So I don't know what it is. Right. Is, some, is something wrong with Craig Kimbrell? Uh, and we just don't What's know. What's wrong it, with Craig Kimbrell? Yeah, 
so so we'll see. Yeah, the Severino thing is 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 a point of concern, but he he had started losing it in the second half of last year. He was on fire in the first half last year, and then in the second half was just getting lit with regularity. So does this condition, which they're saying is a, a rotator cuff, um, does this condition sort of spill back and explain some of the woes that he had going back into last season where it just seemed like he was two different pitchers? Yeah, perhaps. That, that may have this does that feel like it's – Gonna end up Tommy John or something, or you know, shoulders or something. It, it doesn't feel like it's going to end well. No, it really doesn't. Yeah. But hey, we've been saying so this about Tanaka. We've been saying this about Masahiro Tanaka for like four <laughs> or five years, or like where he's one pitch away from, you know, blowing his arm out, and he, he he's held up. That is one of the most fascinating. There needs to be a movie about that. That the fact that. You, we never see that work with any other pitcher where they tell him, look, if you just take something off your stuff, uh, then your your elbow might hold up and you might not blow it all the way off. And, and it's worked for three years now. Tanaka, all he did was just take three, four, five miles an hour off his fastball and, and pitch with more uh, junk, if you will. Um, and, and he's been a very effective, successful starting pitcher, and he hasn't had to undergo the ninth. It, that's amazing. It, you never see that work for anybody else. No. So, well, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the exception. Then for, for every Masahiro Tanaka, there's 10 Luis Severinos or Garrett Richards or, oh, boy, Jordan Montgomery, any of these guys, right? Very, very endless list, yes. All right, so that's our AL East preview. On to the American League Central, uh, the the central of my of the the division of my Chicago White Sox, a team uh, of my youth, my favorite team. Uh, so I try to really, I, I struggle. I try to not give any extra favor or look any differently at the White Sox, but it's hard, man. It, when, especially when they're young and 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 got some really promising prospects and. Uh, it's tempting. It's really tempting to pick them to do some some real damage. But how do you see the AL Central? Uh, No stunning surprise here. I do not have the Royals in the playoffs, but I don't have them in last place either. I think that spot clearly goes to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, They're, they're done. They are officially it's, it's over the window. Didn't just close. It slammed shut. And we are in going to be going through some full rebuild years here in Detroit. They, they had their chance. They had a World Series contender. They made it there. They couldn't get it done. And, you know, we get to watch the last days of of press Miguel Cabrera and and Nick Castellanos and these guys. It's sad. And, but it but it but it's over. So I, I'm I'm just going to put the Tigers in last place. Put them to bed for a few years. Let them let them get some high draft picks, draft and develop. But be a while before we see the Tigers playing meaningful baseball again. They are, are they done done? Are, yeah. are they are, are they Brady Quinn done? Yeah. B, BQD. Oh. oh no. Now I'm done. Oh, hate hate to play that for them, but man. No, I, I agree. Press is less. Miguel Cabrera is certainly less than he used to be, and the whole team is is going the the wrong direction. And they're they're the ace of your staff is Jordan Zimmerman. Um, <laughs> wow. 
many years removed from from his effectiveness. Uh, yeah, that's that's your Detroit Tigers, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, I definitely agree with them. Uh, definitely in last place. Yeah, I'm going to move up, and uh, yeah, my sleeper team last year, the Royals, moves into fourth. Um, <laughs> they'll move. They'll they'll be fun. That's one fast team. I mean, Mondesi, all, Billy Hamilton, Whit Merrifield. Uh, so that team is going to just run, 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 and they'll prob- they'll run themselves into some wins. They'll run themselves out of some wins, but they they will be young and exciting, and they will be fast. So that's about all. I that's about all you need to know. They, they got some interesting, you know, up and coming pitchers. They, that Keller, Jacob Junis, some of those guys are okay, but that's a fourth place squad. Yeah, I'm with you. Run, run, run is exactly what I wrote down for them because they can't do anything else. And yeah. they, they lost they lost their team leader, Salvador Perez, to Tommy Johnson. Yeah, well, not that that was going to make a big difference. but No, but yeah. that's, their, that's their guy, and they don't yeah. even have him. So, And then the staff ace, Danny Duffy, wants to go to the bullpen. I don't, I don't know if you had read that, but he actually yeah. prefers to pitch out of the bullpen. That's your ace. That's, that's your guy. That's your so, best pitcher. Yeah, when he comes well, back from being he, hurt, he just maybe he wants to be an opener. <laughs> he wants to get traded to one inning to open the game. Yeah, uh, I don't know about all that, but yeah, that, that's your a, Royals. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with you there. White, I've got your place. White Sox. Uh, I've got your White Sox in third place. I, I like the way they're going. I, I think that they are going to be closer to the top half of that division than the bottom. Um, their pitching still. St- worrisome to me. Uh, I understand that they, everybody's all oh, the old White Sox fans. They all wanted Manny Machado or they wanted Bryce Harper. Uh, that would have made the team more, more fun. That might've put some more fannies in the seats. But I think at the end of the day, I don't think that would have dramatically made them like a contender. There, there's, there's a decent back end of the bullpen there. Colome Herrera, there's decent guys there, guys who've done the job before. So they'll, they'll lock down their fair share of wins, but I could see them in that, 80, 83 win range. Uh, they, 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 they extended and bought out uh, Eloy Jimenez's contract through his arbitration years, so he'll be up with the team. Right, amazing how that works. Now he's good enough to play. Now he's ready. Now he's ready. Now he's ready. He was he wasn't ready before. Yeah. Uh, but now he now that they controlled his finances, so that they don't really yeah. pay him when he when he's ready. But now he's right. ready. But now, but that just that adds another piece to you know, so you can so you can start to see. Uh, we know he's going to hit. We can see if Yamankata develops at all. There, there, there's there's better days ahead. I, I like the way they're doing it. I did not think they needed to rush and and try to make the big splash. I think that's like I said, you and I disagreed on that when we talked about it on the show a few shows back. But I think the move for them is a, another year or two of this draft and develop and lay in the weeds and then then strike when the iron's hot um, and try to become like an Astros or a Cubs or a Braves and, and do it the right way um, without just throwing $300 million at a guy for, for I don't know what, <laughs> because you do it the wrong way and you end up uh, turning over your roster and, and devoting that much of your uh, payroll to, to one guy. They end up just, you end up trading them to the Yankees in three years anyways, if it doesn't work out. Uh, I guess, but I still would have loved to have seen uh, a former MVP and Bryce Harper in the prime of his career 
or a, a guy who plays at an MVP level uh, often, maybe not all the time, but often in Manny Machado, added to this young core so that they can now have, hey, this is we're we're serious now. We're we're showing that we're really gonna try to contend here, and we're not just messing around and trying to bring a bunch of kids along and hope that a few of them stick. Uh, but I understand the owner of the team is still Jerry Bryansdorf, so it wasn't gonna happen. But <laughs> I still would have preferred to see something like that as a White Sox fan. But, you know, again, I got to take my fandom out of it and just analyze uh, the situation. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I compared it, I think, on a couple shows ago. I, I compared it to the Braves, who won the uh, the division last year, which nobody saw coming. Uh, they had all these kids, and they all gelled, and they all came together, and they had the, the veteran leadership mixed in there. They already had that there with Freddie Freeman um, guys like that. Uh, so they were able to put that together. And in my opinion, the White Sox, I guess, don't have the, like the, the star around to put all these young kids around so that they don't have all the pressure on them right now. It's, it's Jose Abreu who gets trade rumors around him every single year. Uh, is like the, he's, the, the he's, big... I, isn't he supposed to be in Colorado by now? He's, he's your big veteran leader. Every year he, they're rumored to be trading him somewhere. So, I just wanted somebody that they can actually say, all right, here's our leader. Here's our guy. And now all these young kids, the uh, Mancada and, and Eloy don't have to feel like they have to be the guy to, to take the pressure off of them and they can just develop at their own pace. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you uh, on three. We're going to have Yale central, I think in the exact same order. Uh, a lot of ifs with, with the white Sox, if Eloy Jimenez rakes from the start, they can, Maybe be better than we think if Yohan Moncada adjusts and puts it together this year. Maybe they can better if Carlos Rodon and Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito keep developing. <laughs> if, uh, if, 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 if. Uh, I get it. A lot of ifs. You know, every um, team, every every season has like the, you know, the, the, the sweatshirt made for them now with like their team motto. The White Sox one just says if. Yeah. <laughs> if dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Everyone walking around with shirts and just say, if, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. We but should be the bad White guys. Sox. White Sox what baseball. If. Yeah, what if? There you if. go. <laughs> White Sox baseball. Uh, if only. If only. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, all right. So we got your White Sox out of the way. That was, you know, I, I get it. I know you were yeah. disappointed about the big splash move. They're just, they're not there yet. You know, Take it from the guy who's the fan of the team that I watched have to go through like a plan. And I know you don't trust your guys to have the, like to do, to pull a Theo Epstein here. Cause there's clearly two different levels. Like, you know, I don't know if one's playing chess, the other one's playing checkers, but we gotta I see. don't want to compare Kenny Williams to Theo Epstein. We, so. we still need to find out if, you know, Kenny Williams is just looking across town and going, okay, I'm just going to try to copy whatever those guys did. Cause he's doing a pretty decent approximation of it with what he has. And, and, it, and it starts with just getting the Cubs players to come over to play for him. <laughs> because if you notice, their two, big, uh, their two big guys were not theirs. Eloy was a Cub farmhand, and Yohan Mankata was a Red Sox farmhand. So clearly the White Sox have not developed their own major monster player yet. Um, but that's okay. Not everybody gets the big guys within their own organization. Sometimes it is a, a scouting thing of plucking players away from other teams. So we'll see. 
Uh, that leads me to the second place team. When I they try the to develop their own guy, it turns into Gordon Beckham. Oh, I have the Indians in second place. Um, oh. So, uh, uh, yeah, told you. It was going to be a wow. little different. Um, ah, yes, I have got the Cleveland Indians in second place. I have had it out for the Cleveland Indians all off season. It has not been brought up once on this show. I absolutely hate the the organizational attitude of the Cleveland organization this this off season, I still am hearing the rumors that they need to trade their pitchers and that the organization just keeps dangling Kluber or dangling Carrasco or dangling Bauer as if that is going to improve what is clearly one of the most dominant starting rotations in all of baseball, top to bottom. That is, you do not break that up. There is no there should be no even impetus to do that. So I don't trust the Cleveland Indians this year at all. And if they do sort of like I do, you know, do their jump the shark move and end up trading one of those top pitchers, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they know something, but I don't trust the Indians. And I haven't trusted it since I started hearing about any of these rumors where they just wanted to start trading their pitchers. So I, obviously, Corey Kluber is not the guy who he was when he won the Cy Young a few years ago, but he still anchors a, a very respectable staff. Trevor Bauer had an almost Cy Young quality season last year. Carlos Carrasco is always a stud. Bieber turned out to be okay. Clevenger's really good. Top to bottom, they should win the division just because they're one through five. They're the, they're the anti-Rays. Yeah, they're not out, sending out any openers. No, no, you can go out and get seven out of any single one of those guys every night. You have the most rested bullpen in baseball when you have those starters. And the fact that they still keep toying with the idea, even just last week, there's another rumor. Oh, Kluber might be going to the to the Padres. Oh, what what are the Indians doing? I don't trust them at all. I'm going to have them to backslide into second place, and that means I'm giving the division to the Minnesota Twins. Mm. Uh. As far as the Indians go, there, I completely agree with there's reason for concern, uh, not just the dangling of a, of a starting pitcher and trying to break up that great rotation, but looking at the offense, after letting Michael Brantley walk, uh, that outfield is kind of sad. And maybe this is why they keep dangling a starting pitcher, like because they want to upgrade from, uh, let me check my notes here, Jake Bowers, Leon, Greg Martin, Allen, and Greg Tyler Naquin. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, and, and wait, it's trash. Their, D, their DH that they brought in is 61 year old Hanley Mirrors. Uh, so maybe this is why they're trying to get rid of, get rid of one of their starting pitchers. Uh, and, and I get it when you have such strength you you work from your position of strength and 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 strengthen something else so i understand that and whenever danny salazar gets healthy he almost doesn't have a spot so you almost have to make space he's pretty damn good too he's better than most teams number three starters and he's not even uh you know he's he's hurt but when he does whenever he does pitch where where would he fit in because right now it looks like shane bieber is taking over that number five spot is not letting it go um, but yeah, that offense is, is uh, they got some issues. Uh, Francisco Lindor just tweaked his, his, his ankle, uh, sprained it the other day. Yep. Uh, Jason Kipnis is always an injury risk. Jose Ramirez fouled the ball off his knee. 
Carlos Santana's back at first base. It's that's there's 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 issues there. There's issues in Cleveland. Um, the reason I'm still picking them number one in the division is because I think they can afford uh, to have offensive issues because of that rotation. When you talk about four 200 strikeout guys, which had never been done before uh, in in any rotation in the history of baseball, and that's partially I understand the way the game is played today. There's so many more guys striking out than normal that are okay with the strikeout because they're trying to hit the homer. Uh, but nonetheless, that's still very, very impressive to have a rotation that can do that. And I absolutely think they're going to do it again this year and have four guys and may even have five guys this year. They may break their own record and have five guys throwing 200 strikeouts. Um, but, yeah, there, there's there's cause for, for concern, but I still can't uh, put them under Minnesota because I think their rotation is just so damn good. No, and I agree, uh, but I just I don't like the the, or the direction of the organization. I believe they may end up trading one of those guys or multiples of those guys, especially now with this hard and fast trade deadline. If, if Cleveland is not running away with it, uh, they may dump. Um, and and as as I don't want as blasphemous as this might might sound, they, while they are not as strong as the Cleveland rotation, Minnesota's rotation isn't. Terrible, you know. Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda. Uh, if he bounces back, if <laughs> <laughs> wait, you, you can't do none. that. The White Sox have the if shirts already printed. You can't do that for the Twins. <laughs> um, and and not a bad offense. They're 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 sneaky. Uh, you know, and we know that the Twins, no matter what, will always they'll hang around. Even even last year, I mean, they were they were under five hundred, but the the Twins sort of have that. Tampa Bay Rays in them where you, you haven't put, you're not putting them away early. And I think that they can hang around and, you know, they, they, they did some, some sneaky signs. The team's going to have some pop. They brought in Nelson, they brought Nelson Cruz over. Uh, they brought Jonathan scope over. The guy can't play defense, but man, he, he's got <laughs> some pop. Um, they, they signed the, the human uh, Swiss army knife and Marwin Gonzalez. Um, we'll see if Byron Buxton can ever bounce back and, you know, become a post hype type guy, even though last year, I mean, it was pretty much a wasted season, um, for Buxton, you know, we're, they're still waiting for him. Um, uh, but they're going to, they're, they're going to firmly plant him at the bottom of that order and let him figure it out betting eighth or ninth every day. So, uh, we'll see. I, I don't, I, I like the twins. This is more of an anti Indians pick for me. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, I like the Twins too. I think they'll they'll contend for the playoffs. Um, I, like I said, I couldn't put them over Cleveland for number one. Um, but yeah, you talked about Nelson Cruz adding some pop, Marwin Gonzalez adding the versatility. Maybe Blake Parker will stabilize the the bullpen. Maybe Trevor May is the man. Yeah. That, that, there's question marks in the bullpen there that kind of worry yeah. me. But well, you know, uh, they have a bullpen that's very samey. Uh, when you look at Blake Parker, Trevor May, uh, Taylor Rogers, a lot of those guys, they're sort of like interchangeable parts at the back end yeah. there. So I hate the committee approach, but I wouldn't be shocked if they have three guys that have 10 plus saves. Yeah, that, that very well may happen. So uh, it's hard to trust a team that's got that going on in the back end, but yeah, I, I agree in general that Minnesota is talented and will not be put away early, and, and I think they'll be right there contending for a playoff spot all the way uh, through the whole season. All right, so that is the Central. We're going to have to probably start speeding things up a little like we always do. 
I can't believe we got 90 minutes live and we got four divisions left. We've, we've spent an hour plus and we've done two divisions. Why well, do we do that? This is what we always do. We're on form. Ah, we are long. All right. Uh, AL West, how do you see that shaking now? Uh, I, I, this is probably one of my more shocking picks, but I have the Angels finishing last in the American League uh, West. So I, I, I absolutely, I, you know, hey, it's all right. If you want to throw $400 million at Mike Trout, that's great. But <laughs> you're paying him to basically watch a, a horrific team. That uh, that rotation, we, the Angels are snake bit. Three of their five starting pitchers will get hurt significantly this year. And it's just, which ones will it be? I mean, you know, you know when your ace is Trevor Cahill, <laughs> it's your opening day starter. You brought over Matt Harvey. Oh, my God, Matt Harvey. I mean, Matt Harvey is not that long ago. He had like six and seven ERA. Um, yeah, I, I'm not That's a never a flyer. Not enamored at all with, with them. I mean, I understand they brought over Cody Allen to see if they, he could recapture a little magic to sort of hold down the bullpen. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you got Mike Trout. You got the best player in baseball and, and guys. So good luck with that. Um, I do not uh, share quite your pessimism on Anaheim. I have them third in the division, but I definitely agree with the Mike Trout thing. As awesome as he is, it's hard to see them higher than third in the division. Uh, Mike Scotia's long tenure is over, uh, thanks to uh, part partially, not totally, but thanks to partially to that Shohei Otani mess. So they don't have to deal with that this year because he can't pitch. <laughs> Uh, we'll see next year how Brad Ausmus manages it, but as far as this year, at least they don't have to worry about that. But they could use him as a pitcher, unfortunately, because that rotation is very sketchy, as you already said. Got a lot of got the Matt Harvey as the flyer in there. Got a lot of question marks. Tyler Skaggs and Cahill and, and Andrew Heaney, whenever he is able to pitch. Um, yeah, there, there really is a collection of guys. Uh, I just don't think they're quite as bad a guys as to put them underneath some of these other teams in the AL West. So uh, I got them third. I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender necessarily. Uh, right. but I, don't so, hate the, I don't have a hate that you have. Okay. So I'm guessing at three, four, five, we are going to probably agree that the Mariners, the angels and the Rangers are pretty much a jumble of three, four and five. Yes. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, so the order isn't so important here. So I have the Angels last, I have the, the, the Rangers, and, and then I have uh, the Mariners. So th- those are the three that I have, and you can kind of put them wherever because you can love or hate teams for certain reasons. I have the Mariners as the top of those three teams because, um, you know, we're just going to die hard on this on this show uh, holding out hope for the Seattle Mariners to, to ever really do anything. And you know what? And they That's were surprising team. last year. They they hung around last year for a long time. Uh, I don't people people may not remember, but the Mariners were into August in the conversation, and then they their fade was so strong and so hard um, when, when Oakland sort of started running away um, with being the wild card. But Seattle was in it. There, there's there's talent on that roster. Uh, the Rangers, the Rangers are the Rangers. They're going to hit. They can barely pitch. Um, again, you, 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 you signed, they signed Shelby Miller, who I believe is Matt Harvey's 
twin brother, probably. If you look at stats, they're they're both pretty bad. Um, you know, Drew Smiley is coming back Shelby from down here uh, in Memphis. And, <laughs> man, he was he was he was really good yeah. about six seven years ago. Yeah, and you got uh, Drew Smiley's arm has fallen off multiple times in his career. See if he can give another go of it and stay healthy for a season. So, yeah, that that rotation doesn't inspire anything. They're but they're gonna they're gonna hit. And they're going to lose a lot of games, eight to seven, and win a lot of games, eight to seven. We'll see. Um, they wrote the the bullpen. That I, I guess the, I guess it's Jose Leclerc now at closer. We'll see if that lasts all year. Like the biggest drama for Texas to me is going to be if they ever trust Willie Calhoun enough to promote him because I'm he's he's getting on that list of minor leaguers that I see every year down here in Memphis. Like, yeah, okay, when it, when are they going to call him up? When are they going to trust him? Yeah. When, when is he, he going to be a, ready? He kind of got a cup of coffee last year, but I don't know if it was if it was long enough to you know really show you anything. And it's like they're not going to win anything, so let the guy play. Right. I don't know. That's what I think. So, you know, that could be this could be a team that's going to clear a spot for him by midseason. We'll see. Uh, I, he's a natural infielder, so, you know, as long as they have Odor and Andrews um, locking down the middle infield, we'll see. And they're trying to keep they're trying to put him in the outfield where obviously you probably have a bigger, you know, pathway to playing time. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how that all how that all goes out for them. They're still for right now, letting Delino to shields man center field. Another one of those guys for years, they just seem to just hate that organization <laughs> just hated Delino to shields for years. Um, so yeah, so we're, you and I are pretty squarely in, in agreement on the, the teams that will be three, four, five. And yeah, that Seattle fade was so hard that they just said, you know what, this is over. We're going to let Nelson Cruz walk, get rid of Robbie Cano. This is all the talent yeah. just leaking out. And you look up, what, 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 ha- wait, where'd all the talent go? What, geez. Hey, what happened? Uh, that's what the Mariners are saying. So, yeah, uh, Texas five for me, Seattle four, and Anaheim three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we both have Oakland a solid two. Yes, I could not put okay. them over Houston, although you will no. find experts that put them over the Astros. I, I can't do it. Quote, unquote, experts. Yeah, I, I, even, you know, Houston, even as flawed and as hurt and as many guys as they had last year have off years, they won 103 games. <laughs> they must be the worst 103-win team ever. <laughs> In history, that's where they are. Yeah, they're the worst hundred and three win team I've ever seen. So, so yeah, the A's are nice. They were a nice story. The A's are not going to sneak up on anybody last year. Everybody knows the A's blueprint, right? Hit lots of balls over your head, and that's Ball not going to stop. Far. That's not going to stop. Uh, their pitching will be adequate, and that's that's uh, that's probably a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, yes, I have Oakland too. I I concede that I didn't think much of them before last year's run, and you were all over that. You you loved your Oakland A's. That was your your little mascot team. So they had a hell, they had a hell of a year. Um, and now I'm I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them now. They got some youngsters that I like because I saw them in other organizations before uh, they got sent over to Oakland, like Steven uh, Piscotti, the former Cardinal. Yep. Saw down here in Memphis a lot. Marcus Skim- Marcus Simeon, former White Sox. So of course, I saw him a lot. 
uh, got Matt Chapman. We of course love him because he's on our fantasy team. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of youngsters that that broke out for them, and and you know what they do hit those home runs. The, but yeah, that rotation it, it, it's shaky uh, to say the least. The bullpen is solid, but that rotation is very shaky. Yeah, that is a I don't know. That's a MacGyver rotation right there. That thing is slapped together <laughs> with bubble gum and bailing wire. I don't know if that's going to last all year. So we'll see I mean, if they can use an if, opener. I was gonna say, well, I don't know. We're gonna see. they have guys who can eat up innings. Don't get me wrong. Mike Fires and Marco Estrada and all these, those guys could eat innings. They might not be good innings, but they'll eat innings. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they are going to get help back later in the year. Um, you know, uh, Gerald Cotton's going to be back this year. Um, he was a highly touted guy uh, for that rotation. We don't know if Sean Manaya is going to be back this year. So in 2020 could be an interesting year if the A's could get that rotation set. Maybe they'll be ready to try to contend. It'll be interesting to see. But I think that's mm, – we'll, we'll I, I, I do have them as the AL uh, – second AL wild card again. Oh, okay. And, uh, of course, I have Houston winning the division. There, there's a big one. There, there's a big shock. The worst 103-win team ever. <laughs> and certainly the class of the division, even as being the worst hundred three win team team ever. Yeah. So, all right. It, it, I don't know how much more we could say about Houston. They can pitch, they can hit, they can run, they can field. Uh, they, they're the total package. They added Michael Brantley to the order because they didn't have enough fence. Uh, Michael Brantley, if, if you think you can get two seasons of healthy Michael Brantley in a row, good luck with that. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, why not? They, and, I mean, they're they're stacked. I mean, they have dudes that get pushed to their pen who are good enough to start on most teams. Yeah. I mean, Josh they, James will blow everyone away yeah. if you give them the chance. Josh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Josh James. Uh, I guess Peacock is kind of in the rotation. Um, Fran Valdez. There's good players on that team. And, and Lance McCullers is out. Yeah. Just All year. Don't have any room. Don't have he any room done. for any of these guys. He, he was, but, yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's, yeah. But he's got the Tommy the other John. Guys that, right. But, yeah, they, they, but any injuries to that rotation, and they'll have another guy who can step right in right away. I mean, they're, 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 they're relegating these, these guys to the pen. I mean, you, so you're going to have some – some dynamite long relief guys and guys coming in after the fifth or sixth inning. If a guy is struggling a little bit, all of a sudden, no oh man, it's going to be that, that, that Astros team is just loaded. Yeah. But they got to lead after five. It's, it's all, it's all over. Yeah. So um, lots to like there and like the Astros. So that's our AL that leaves us 15 minutes for the NL. It's a good time to tell everybody that if you, uh, subscribe to the show uh, uh, on a podcast. That's uh, hopefully you will get an after show. We had our after show cut off a few shows ago, but uh, usually you get the after show. So we will have the rest of whatever we don't get to in the uh, in the National League. Uh, we'll get to in the after show. So the only way you can listen to that is as a podcast. So hang with us for the next fifteen minutes live for the uh, National League. But whatever we don't get to, we'll get to uh, in the after show, and that will include our actual playoff uh, and World Series picks at that point. So with that, we move on to the NL East. And what do you see over there? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> division. Everybody's going to be talking about the what all the Phillies 
did this offseason. Like, the Phillies are trying to do it, you know, they're trying to just go out and buy a title, and that's fine. That's great. Uh, I'm still going to start from the bottom here. I've got the the Marlins. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, fourth place, I've got the uh, I've got the Nationals uh, in fourth place in that division. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people who are still very high on the Nationals, even after, you know, the Bryce Harper. Like, they might be better now that he's gone. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm not buying it. No, I, I'm I'm sorry. You you let a kid who was hyped since age 15 and your franchise player, your number one overall pick, you just let him walk. Uh, we we just we can't afford. We're better without him. We're, we're the Washington Nationals. We can't afford to get the hell out of here. That just sucks. You got a kid yeah. that's the you know the face of your team like that, and you just let him walk for nothing in his in the prime of his career. Uh, that yeah. just stinks. To a division that rival for them. Yeah, yeah, right there in the division. It's, Washington has a lot of young, uh, great young talent still. So I don't quite see your your fourth place finish with you. I do have them third though. I uh, do have them dropping off okay. a little. Uh, Harp will be missed. I'm sorry, he will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got the Mets third. Um, boy, the Mets. We'll talk about the snake bit franchise in uh, the National League, where they. You know that rotation. I mean, they, they should be Cleveland, right? You, you'd think with oh, that yeah. rotation that they're throwing out there, they should be the Indians every year. The problem is, is they're in a division that is stacked with talent now in in Atlanta, and uh, with what the Phillies have tried to do. So I, I kind of feel for the Mets because if you put the Mets in the American League Central, like if you flip flopped the Mets and the Indians, the Mets would probably be like working on their fifth or sixth title for the division in the last seven or eight years, just because of the, the strength of that rotation. So I kind of, I do kind of feel for the Mets. Uh, they did, they did promote their uh, top prospect this Peter Alonzo. Uh, he made the team. There's a trend this year. It's a top prospect making teams all of a sudden, uh, which is a good thing. These, if these guys are good enough, they should. So it's good, I'm glad. But it's so transparent that all the I holding know. down that they were doing, it's like they got guilted or shamed into doing yeah. it now. They're not doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because yeah. they're ashamed of, of all the manipulation that they've been doing but, before. And they just don't want people talking about it. Well, if that's what it takes, right? I Sometimes that's the way it. things have to change. Sometimes you just have to do something that's so bad for so long that you just get shamed into doing the right thing. We don't know what's in their heart of hearts that if they want to do the right thing, we know they want the service time clocks and that, that that's, it, it's in the rules. So when, you know, hopefully the next time the, the CBA comes up, they can litigate this out and we can just start to see teams bringing up top talent right away. And the service time clock and all this BS won't matter so much, but I'll give the Mets a little credit. This guy was good enough to make the team. He's going to make the team. They added Robinson Cano, uh, they they brought over uh, Wilson Ramos, decent catcher. I, I, the Mets are all right. If you honestly, if you look at last year where the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Mets all finished, they all finished within a, five games of each other, and they may well just do that again. Yeah, I, I concur. Those four through one was actually hard for me. All, I I considered every one of those four teams yeah. for one, um, and the Mets I considered, of course, because of that uh, rotation which is so awesome, but it has so much trouble staying healthy. Um, I've always loved those arms for the Mets, uh, yet they always 
have disappointed either in performance or health. Um, at least they can close out a lead now with Edwin Diaz, but uh, it, it's, it was still hard for me to, to really trust him because however great Noah Syndergaard might be, he'll get hurt. Uh, that season DeGrom put together last year was otherworldly, and I just don't trust him to do that again. I know he's good, but he wasn't. he's not that good. I'm sorry. That was ridiculous what he did last year. Uh, so I'm going to wind up going uh, New York fourth, but not like – 15 games behind whoever's first. I think it's going to be pretty bunched up and pretty close the whole way. So you're looking at this probably, well, this is a competitive division. I think the Central is a competitive division. So we're going to talk about two of those in a row. I've got the Phillies in second place. Um, I know the they're the popular pick now that's gone out and pretty much just like bought everybody on earth that plays baseball who's a top player. That the, the Phillies have seemingly like brought those guys over. But – I don't think that works right away. I think they will be dangerous. I think that they will win a lot of regular season games, but I think that also is going to put an incredible, and I mean incredible, amount of pressure on players who haven't always had to play with that pressure. We've seen what happened when the Yankees went out and bought big players, and we remember what happened when they brought over Randy Johnson, how he bombed, or they brought over A-Rod, and it, 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 it was a struggle. It wasn't always so great. So it's, it's one thing to bring all these guys over. It's another thing to actually have a cohesive team for 162 games and go out and win a title, which is why I have the Braves winning the division, because that's what the Braves have done. The Braves have drafted, mm-hmm. they've developed, they won 90 games last year. They're, 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 there's not a lot of variables. So I'm going with the safer pick. Um, might not be the sexy pick, but I'm going to take the, the, the Braves again to just sort of be the steady Eddie uh, reliable team and just keep all those guys get another year under the belt and all get to improve and play better. Yeah. We're on the same page on this one. Uh, I have the Phillies second and the Braves first. I do have the Phillies as one of the wild card teams in the NL East high price Bryce. That's the big story. That's the name of my fantasy team this year. That's the big splash in Philadelphia, Bryce Harper, how much of a splash will he make is, is remains to be seen, but uh, he was the best player out there on the market, and they got him. And that's you know, kudos to the Phillies for doing that. Uh, JT Realmuto is the little splash. He's the all-star catcher from Miami that they picked up. Uh, Gene Segura is the little ripple. He's even a smaller splash than that. Uh, but he's a very, very good, very capable shortstop. But they're all really good players, and that just shows how big of a uh, all season that they had. I don't know what kind of ripple or splash David Robertson would be, but that's their new closer. So a lot of new pieces there. And yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of moving parts, a lot of new guys, and it doesn't always work where they just gel and become a great team right away. There's, there's some adjustments that have to be made uh, and we'll see how long it takes them to make those adjustments. Uh, good to see Aaron Nola develop into an ace for them. So it's always fun to watch him work. He's, he's very good at what he does. Uh, don't know about those guys behind him. We know Jake Garrietta has been falling off. Uh, Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, Zach Elfin, the, you know, they they got arms, but how consistent can they be is the big question. The, the jury's still out on all of them. Um, so I'm with you. Philly second and Atlanta first. Atlanta, of course, uh, I really liked them last year and, and picking them second, I think was something that a lot of people didn't even have that going for them. And they wound up going even past that and winning the whole division. Uh, they're, they're the more complete team uh, right now than, than Philadelphia. They, they got 
uh, whatever you want. They got the, the kids coming out stronger than I thought they would last year. But man, what, you know, how can you possibly say anything bad about Ronald Acuna and, and Ozzy Albies? Uh, they're, they're all the real deal. Those guys are incredible. Uh, they need Josh Donaldson to be that, that man in the middle again, to have a career resurgence to protect Freddie Freeman in the lineup. So that, to me, is the big question mark. If he's not able to bounce back and be what he uh, can be, then Philadelphia can catch Atlanta from behind um, and, and win that division. But uh, some, some injury risk as well uh, in the rotation and in the bullpen. Uh, but I think uh, Mike fulton who's developed into an ace himself and a fan of his from watching him pitch in the minors down here, man, he has an arm. Um, it's going to miss a couple starts to start the year, but I, I think he's going to be okay uh, ultimately in the long run. Uh, young guys uh, in the rotation and in the bullpen, uh, but I think they, they put it together. I think they up and down, top to bottom, have the better whole team right now in the division, so I'm going to pick them to repeat as uh, division champs as well. Okay, so not a lot of drama. And, and again, we were, we're not complete kumbaya here on this show. This time, but we're agreeing on a lot of things. Uh, the Phillies are the Phillies are a sexy pick. I, I'm, you heard it here, people. Don't don't fall for all the hype. I've definitely seen them pick to win the East a lot more than any other team. But but we're that going with the Braves to the Central and the team of, of both of our youths, the Chicago Cubs and the NL Central. So we have to uh, always fight the bias of, of picking against them. Yeah, uh, well, starting at the bottom, I'm going to the Pirates uh, is the last place team, and that's that was a tough one. This is a tough division. Um, I, I did, I, I, I think last in this division isn't going to be just dreadfully terrible. I, I don't think that there's going to just be that bottom feeding dumpster fire team. Uh, Cincinnati, I think, could turn into that team if Cincinnati goes the way I think they're going to go, which is. Uh, most of the players on this team won't be on their team by August 1st because um, I think they bought themselves a whole lot of trading chips. If that theory is going to hold, then I would have Cincinnati in last place. Looking at the roster as it is today and saying, okay, these are the guys they're going to roll with. I'm not looking into a crystal ball that this is all just a ruse to rebuild that farm system because there's no way they're catching up a 30-game difference between them and the first-place team, then I'm just going to go and say they're legit, and I'm going to have Pittsburgh in last and Cincinnati in fourth, (laughs) when it could very easily have been the other way. Uh, I'm I'm still not buying the Cincinnati hype. Uh, Did I put them any higher than than fourth place? So uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh has a sneaky good rotation for a last-place team, which is one of the reasons why I kind of struggled. but but they they offloaded, um, they offloaded uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, he wanted out and he's bounced around to a few teams now. They got rid of uh, Tyler Glass now and uh, Austin Meadows when they went over to Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting. That was all part of the Chris Archer thing. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that holds up. But it's actually not a bad rotation with Jameson Tyon and uh, Chris Archer, Joe Musgrove. There, there, there's pitchers there they'll be in games and there's, there's some players on the offense, but I just don't think, I just don't think this is their year. So I don't think they'll be terrible. Um, but I th- think it's going to rattle up to a last place finish, maybe fourth. Um, if my conspiracy theory here on Cincinnati holds correct. 
Uh, there's arms in the rotation. I don't know if there's real pitchers. There's, there's some arms there. Um, so that's the only small quibble so far that I'll have with you is I agree with Pittsburgh in last place, but I think it will be sort of a dregs of the division type thing. It's really sad how they've fallen from constant wild card team. Remember that every year it seemed like they were the one team hosting that, that one game wild yeah. card uh, in lost. the National League. And they <laughs> always lost. In a row. And they're not even that anymore. They, they've fallen to now, as far as I'm concerned, they're Jamison Tyon and Guys. That's all the, the 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 pirates are right now. Okay. So you uh, addressed the Reds. Uh, we we talked a little bit about the Reds on the last show. Uh, no, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I, I'm not falling completely in love with the whole Reds thing. I do have them third in the division. I do uh, put them over uh, the St. Louis. I do put them over the St. Louis Cardinals in the division. I, I, that's stretching it. I, I understand. I, I don't want to act like that. They're going to be some powerhouse contender for, for a playoff spot, but uh, Yasio Puig out of Hollywood. I think that might be a huge uh, deal. That might be the, the beast that everyone has always predicted Puig to be, but you hear all these stories about his personality and, and guys in a locker room, having issues with him that he thinks he's, uh, you know, a, a bigger star than he is. Maybe he'd put him in Cincinnati. I think maybe he'd just be able to concentrate on being a baseball player and then you'll get some more consistency out of him. He, they're not trading him at the trade deadline. He's like their centerpiece guy now in Cincinnati. Uh, all those other guys, Matt Kemp and them, yeah, they, they might get them out of there if they have decent first halves. Um, and, you know, Joey Votto isn't going anywhere either. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, I'm sure, isn't going anywhere. I I think they got a really productive guy at cost control there. So they have some pieces. Uh, They have some some guys to to build around. They're steady. Uh, Nick Senzel will come up from the minor leagues uh, after they they manipulate his service time. They'll be able to uh, pull him up and put him at – put him at second base. So there, there's, there's things there. There's things working in Cincinnati. I've always been an Alex Wood fan in the rotation. They're, they're guys. There's some guys there. So uh, that's, that's why I got Cincinnati in third place. I don't think it's going to be a full fire sale of everybody at the all-star break. I think they got some pieces that they're trying to actually build around and, and, and do some work with. So I, I like the Reds a lot more than, than you do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I've got the, the, the pirates and then I've got the, Reds, uh, the third place team. Uh, don't want to start up any controversy here, but I've got the Brewers finishing third. Um, I, I really like that you got you had to appreciate what they did last year, but I think what you saw from the Milwaukee Brewers last year was, I think you saw the ceiling. I think, I think you saw a team that just got hot and and stayed hot and they had ridiculously insane last six weeks of the season. Um, to, to run down the Cubs, to tie them for the to the for the division, and and force that one game uh, playoff with the game one sixty three, and they had that sort of charmed run with this opener strategy, which I'm so glad did not end up getting them to a World Series or God forbid a World Series title, but you're starting to already see some of the repercussions of that. Jeremy Jeremy Jeffress is hurt. Corey Knebel is hurt. Uh, if you watch Jared, uh, if you watch Josh Hader pitch, he's going to get hurt. You cannot pitch that way and, and flail your body around and have that much torque and also be as overused by your manager as you are. 
um, and, and not end up at some point <laughs> probably on the uh, wrong end of the knife. So we'll see. I, there, there's not a whole lot to like in that starting rotation. I know uh, Jimmy Nelson will be back at some point. He was there tr- probably like bona fide, like quote unquote ace. But yeah, that's a nice offense, and I have so many question marks about their pitching and their manager. If Craig Council uh, starts to, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're starting to, I think, already see all the effects of that overuse that those guys went through in that run up to try to catch the Cubs and successfully do it. But I, I think this is the, I think this is the get even year, and uh, it's not going to take a, a Giants. I mean, it could be a ten game slide back. I think that drops them into third place. Toss up. Favorite Wisconsin coach or manager to hate on, Mike McCarthy or Craig Council? Oh, it's Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I mean, yes, Craig Council is trying to single-handedly ruin the sport I love, but <laughs> he's getting his. See, that's the that's the thing is, is the, the the strategy can't work because you just you're gonna you're gonna blow out your bullpen, and he's already. Um, on his way to doing that. He you start hearing about is. guys, let's see, Jeremy Jeffress, shoulder discomfort, Craig, Corey Knable, elbow discomfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what those are like, you know, like the, the, the telltale signs of, I mean, it's, it, it's not going to end well. Knable uh, was already starting, like lost a ton off of his fastball. Those are big pieces, and when that's your strategy is to lock it lock it down at the end of games, and now Hader, who is sort of your your jack of all trades, could come in at any at the most crucial point of the game and get you out you know into a save situation because you knew you had those other two guys who were who were closer capable after him, you know, and all of a sudden Hader could be out there in the seventh, and that was the critical juncture of the game, and he was just going to come out and blow away the side and just put an end to it. And then it was pretty easy sailing after that. Now you're going to probably end up relegating him to the, the, the back end in the ninth, which means there's some dudes out there <laughs> before him. <laughs> it might not matter in the ninth because after him, it is guys. Alex Claudio and uh, yeah. Junior Guerra. And hey, 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 Matt Albers. Matt like Albers is out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yes, for a team that everything had to go right for and did, usually the next season uh, you kind of get the the snap back, and I think this is the snap back season for the Brewers. They have the division crown from last year. You can't take that away. So there's that. They do. Oh, I get they have they, the MVP they, they, from last year. You can't take, they do. take that away. Uh, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think it served as a first of all. I think it served as a Cubs wake up call because I don't know if the Cubs thought that there was a chance that they were gonna lose the division to those guys, and they wind up with the one-game playoff at Wrigley and choke it up and, and lose to the Brewers anyway. I, I think yeah. that more than anything, I think that sort of lights a fire under the Chicago Cubs organization to go, okay, we, it's not all roses and sunshine anymore. It's, you know, <laughs> we, we got our we, we got our World Series yeah. title. We thought we were just going to dominate the division for the next decade. It's not going to work like that. We're going to actually get up and, and do some work now. Uh, but as far as the Brewers go, um, I, I think you're definitely right about Craig Council doesn't want to have to use Josh Hader every day as a as a closer, as a guy to, to store the games away. But he's, he has no choice. When you talk about yep. Nable and Jeffress, 
not being able to, to take the mound. He, he, he has to go to, to Hader every day, and he's going to wind up risking uh, burning him out and, and maybe hurting his, uh, him as well. So that's, that's going to lead to uh, something that I'll discuss uh, a little later on because it's going to tie in to another team uh, that I'm uh, as far as the playoff spots. But anyway, as far as the Brewers go, um, yeah, they, they got that charm season uh, out of Christian Yelich. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to be able to repeat that. He's he's very good. I like the the acquisition of him and Lorenzo Cain, but uh, to ask that season of him again, I think might be asking a little much. And, and of course, the the situation in the bullpen. You, and with that bullpen, you really need that bullpen to help you close down games for Milwaukee because it's not like they're running out the the Cleveland Indians rotation. They don't really have a very strong no. starting rotation. This is so. Why they had to go with that opener strategy? So I'm I'm picking Milwaukee second uh, in the NL Central. I'll agree with you in that I don't have them to win the division again. I don't have them falling off quite as far. I have them falling slightly behind the Cardinals. Uh, So I still think Milwaukee is going to be competitive, but I, 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 you know, the Cardinals have been kind of down and they don't stay down for very long. Um, That's an improving rotation. I'm um, hearing a lot of Jack Flaherty as like dark horse Cy Young MVP, uh, Cy Young winner uh, this year from a lot of people. I'm like, okay, um, but you want to talk about? No, I about talked about him last year. Yeah, did you want to talk about a team? Uh, they're you're getting your boy Alex Reyes back. Uh, they're talking about he could potentially go and become a closer or become, you know, they may try to put, like wean him back in and put him into the uh, bullpen and put him into some high-leverage situations. They signed Andrew Miller. They signed Paul Goldschmidt, who, if he hadn't been stuck in Arizona for the last, oh, seven years, would would be uh, one of these guys that you talk about, like with Mike Trout and Aaron Judge, like face-of-baseball-type players. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt and uh, getting him out of Arizona into a, a storied franchise like the Cardinals is just going to – I think a lot more people, if they didn't pay any attention to, you know, National League West baseball, are going to – really like what uh, Paul Goldschmidt's going to bring to that team. Cause that, that guy's just a stud. He is um, adding Paul Goldschmidt. It's fine, but using the trout principle and you brought him up and that's interesting. You brought Mike trout up using the trout principle, Arizona had Paul Goldschmidt for a number of years and won what and did what exactly. So, uh, that's fine that they, they got him, but I, that, I really don't think that he, that's going to move the needle for the Cardinals if they got all these other holes that they, they have to fill. Um, that's, that's why I got them fourth in the division um, because that's one piece. Goldschmidt is just one guy. They, they still have uh, question marks at, at second base, question marks uh, in the outfield. Uh, is Dexter Fowler ever going to be what he uh, once was is Harrison Bader ever going to be consistent in center? Um, they they got all these and I, I don't want to go on all night with all these younger guys that I've seen down here in, in Memphis uh, because I could give you a dissertation on all of them. But uh, just suffice it to say that uh, some of those young guys that they got waiting in the wings, um, they're not all that. They're you know they they got some some pop, but they might not be full 
fully developed baseball players like Tyler O'Neill, this little midget that's got all these muscles. He can jack you a home run anytime. Uh, he can get in a home run derby if you wanted to. Uh, don't ask him to do anything else related to baseball. Don't ask him to field. Don't ask him to run. Don't ask him to hit for average. You can't do any of that. But he can he can hit a long ball. He's, he's good for that. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, and and they may have the nastiest closer in the entire game in Jordan Hicks to the stuff that he has. Uh, but they keep at, they keep acting like they don't want to use him in that role. Like they want to uh, stick Carlos Martinez back in there uh, from last year when he came back from from being hurt. That he uh, was the closer for a little while. He was kind of effective. You mentioned that they might want to take uh, Alex Reyes and put him in that closer role uh, because they don't want to stretch him out as a starter coming off of injury as well. Uh, I think they really need to just put uh, Jordan Hicks in that role and leave him the hell alone and let him develop uh, as a closer. Cause I think he's got the stuff to be the next like dominant closer in baseball. Uh, and, and having Andrew Miller as a setup guy would only, you know, help that, but it feels like they don't quite know exactly what they want to do uh, with that situation. So I don't like the uncertainty there. I think there's some things that they could do that should be slam dunks. And I think they got other question marks that they haven't really addressed. So, uh, I'm I'm low on the Cardinals myself this year. I, I got them next to last in the division. Ooh, well, I guess that means uh, process of elimination here. We have the Cubs uh, reclaiming that division title. Um, yeah, yeah that one that one seemed pretty easy to me, especially when I took a look at you know not just because I'm a fan of the team. I took a look at last season, and if if the Houston Astros are the worst 103 win team I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the Cubs were the worst 95-win team I've ever seen because I don't know how many more things could have gone wrong for them last year. They still won 95 games. They couldn't hit. They couldn't pitch. They couldn't close the games out. I mean, their starting rotation was going out and getting lit like you wouldn't believe. Um, For the first half of last season, most of their stud players, Bryant, Rizzo, uh, Schwerber, all these guys couldn't do anything. They could not hit. Javier Baez basically carried that team through through most of last season. I mean, th- there were guys who went complete ghost on that Cubs team last year. And, you know, they're, they're, they're a big closer that they signed, Brandon Morrow, um, hardly pitched at all. You Darvish was hurt all season. I mean, you just, like, thing after thing after thing after thing that went wrong for them went wrong. And so that's where I t- sort of look at them and the Brewers, and that's how they end up tied, right? So everything goes right for the Brewers. Everything goes wrong for the Cubs. And they still could only meet in the middle. Yeah. So for me, it's more of that deviation, more back to the norm for the Cubs, which means they, and honestly, to, to separate from that division, they only need to be maybe what three, five games better. I mean, if you're 98 to 100, it's going to be really hard to have another team um, come out of that mix to really, you know, give them a hard run for it. Even the Brewers had to pull out everything to tie them. And, uh, yeah, there's too much talent on that team. And I completely concur. Uh, uh, however, I'll say that I think there's a chance for the Brewers to jump them and, and, and get them again if some things happen uh, against the Chicago Cubs. If you Darvish doesn't return to being a top-of-the-rotation guy, because that's what they brought him in to be. Yeah. Uh, they, they let the other guys go, Arietta and whatnot. Uh, because they said, we got you, Darvish, now. We got our guy. Uh, we, we're going to turn this thing over. Um, if Kyle, uh, if Chris Bryant doesn't return to MVP form, they got issues. Because he had some 
things with his swing that he really needs to work out, and hopefully he's worked them out. But if he doesn't return to the form that, that made him a, a league MVP, they got some issues. Um, their closers are already hurt. We already uh, covered that with Brandon Morrow. Pedro Strope is going to take over for him if he can, can stay healthy. Uh, they got other guys behind them, but I don't know how much you want to trust in Steve Ciszek, the former Marlins closer, and uh, yeah. C.J. Edwards, who seems to be, you know, he doesn't – I don't think he has the mentality to ever be the closer. No. I think he was the closer he's in the future, in the headlights. but, yeah, he, he is. he's not I'd, – I'd like to see him, you know, grow into the role. No, I mean, the the only guy they really have with major closing experience in that bullpen is Brandon Kinsler. Yeah, I don't trust him either. No. So that's what I mean. That's the guy who has the right. most closing experience. Oh my God. Yeah. So no, the bullpen, <laughs> eh. but you know, it's, it's, it's not a bullpen of a lot of a, of any a plus guys, but it's a bullpen of a lot of B players. I mean, so th- there's, they don't have an, you know, they don't have that guy that comes out and you'll roll your eyes like, Oh no, it's that guy. They don't, they don't no, have that, guy, that would... guy in their pen. But they don't have that guy who's just going to come into the game and you know you're jumping out and you're you know jumping out of your shoes in the stands, pumping your fist because you know game's over. <laughs> no, that guy retired. The guy that every time the Cubs brought him in, I was like, yes, they're going to lose now. Uh, that was Casey Cole. You remember him? Every <laughs> single time. There were a lot of guys that the Cubs <laughs> had over the years. The Mel Rojas. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of guys they could bring in. And you just knew that was it. The Cubs are going to lose. They, they don't have that guy right now. Uh, you know. Oh, that's the so difference between a, 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 a team run by a, a guy who knows how to win and a team run by the, the yeah. guys that the Cubs had before that. If there's if there's one complaint I still have about this Cubs team, uh, it's the same complaint I had about them last season, which is. Yes, that team is a very good fielding team, but it is slower than molasses <laughs> on the base paths. This this squad has zero team speed. They you don't like watching Kyle Schwarber run? Come on. Javier Baez is the most electrifying player maybe in baseball. I mean, he, he, makes, he, he makes any ball hit into the gap like an event. You know, I mean, he takes the extra base or, or or does things like he gets away with things on the baseball diamond. I just can't believe. And not like he's a dirty player. I mean, I mean, he the, the way he avoids tags and the way he can turn like just a routine single suddenly into a double. He puts so much pressure on the defense. He's a joy to watch. This is a guy I wanted them to trade a few years ago because I just thought he swung at everything and, and, and you know, swinging out of his shoes just wasn't a way to be a successful ball player. But all the other things he does to make the, you know, to make them exciting and fun. But he's it. <laughs> he's not on the base paths creating havoc. Uh, it's a pretty boring team. It's station to station, wait for the home run. So that's my my one complaint about the Cubs. Other than that, in the bullpen, um, you know, I, I can't argue with that and. I also can't argue with uh, Baez is the most fun to watch good player in all of baseball. No Which doubt. Kills about that. you because he's a Cub. It, it does, but man, he's he fun to watch. Can't yeah, help but I smile mean, every time I watch him. Yeah, just hop. Like, he's on second base. You know, he's just hopping around there, itching to go to third on the like the the. If the ball touches the dirt, he's on third base. And when he's on third, he's itching to steal home. Like who yeah. does that? Yeah, 
you know. So, yeah, I, I, we see the Cubs kind of the same way. Uh, it's more of like when I look at the Cubs and the Brewers, it's more of a regression to the mean, right? It's a it, it, the way I look at it is that the the Cubs were way worse than they should have been last year, and I think the Brewers were way better. And I think they just even just going a couple of games either direction um, splits them apart in a pretty sizable way. Correct, and you can even specifically break it down to say one guy who was an MVP who didn't play like it in Bryant and another guy who was good but not MVP caliber and then all of a sudden he's an MVP in in Yelich and if they kind of flip-flop and and regress to what they're supposed to be then that that should uh, determine what the teams do as well. Right, which doesn't mean which doesn't mean that uh, Yelich goes. No, no, he's he's a very good player. He just isn't yeah. that the three twenty right. and and thirty homers yeah. and twenty steals. No. Yeah. So no. And so the Brewers had a charmed season. Um, I, I saw a sport was a Sports Illustrated headline today. Basically, it was like this their preview for the season that said that the, the Cubs need to win again to prove that twenty sixteen wasn't a fluke, which is the first time I've ever heard. Oh, anybody throw anything out there saying the 2016 was a fluke, considering that they sandwiched that in between LCS appearances. And uh, and baseball, such a tough, it's 162 games. And considering that they did it in the world series on a fluke, nobody, even the Royals were not a fluke. Yeah, they are. I hated that, but they earned it. That's shocking to hear that, considering the Cubs did the way that everyone, as far as baseball people, agreed was the right way to do it, which is <laughs> develop so from within. When you're ready to win, put the veteran pieces around the people that you've developed yeah. from within, and then go win the World Series. And that's what they did. So, like, what the fuck? Yeah. So using so are we getting, so let's just say we go three years into the future now, or two years into the future now, and it's like 2021. Are we going to see the same bullcrap article that says that like if the Astros haven't won a title by then, like their title was a fluke? Huh? Oh, they got to prove that wasn't a fluke. Yeah, sorry, I'm not. Well, I'm not buying into that. You know what? I'm good for the next 108 years. I got my one, but I'm anything sure, else sure is gravy. I got to see the one. <laughs> That's fine with me. I'm but sure those obviously. are the same people that were writing uh, in the late 1990s or whatever. Well, we're waiting for the Atlanta Braves to win another title to validate <sighs> that they weren't yeah. a fluke. And you know, and history, I think, has been more kind to that team. 14 straight division titles. Hard to argue with 14 that. straight division titles, one World Series championship. Yes. Is that a lost opportunity for more titles? Absolutely. But that doesn't deny the body of work and all the Hall of Famers that are, you know. Yeah. yeah I don't think anybody looks back an on the dominance of those Braves teams and goes, yeah, those guys were yeah, they were overrated. They should. They, they, that, that one title they what won. A fluke. That was a fluke. They, they shouldn't have won any. <laughs> What? what a fluke. <laughs> yeah, that's also an opportunity to realize it's really fucking hard to win the World Series. I mean, it on. is. I mean, I just remember, you know, the turmoil, and you remember it when you went through being the Sox fan in 05, and, you know, and I remember what I went through in 16 with the Cubs. It, it's it's a roller coaster. It is a ride. It was funny, the White Sox one that, first of all, the one that is lost to history because people don't acknowledge it. Because, you know, Chicago hadn't won a World Series no. before the Cubs. No. The, the who? Well, the North Side. 
but the white zone is, is funny because that wasn't anguish after all the anguish of getting there. Yeah, they were the eleven for the White Sox. Yeah. They they get to the World Series and they got the Houston Astros, who was just trash. And oh they yeah, were able to sweep them because I believe uh, Carlos Beltran took a curveball right down the middle to send the Astros <laughs> to the World Series. He just stood there and looked at it like, "Here's a fat, juicy pitch." And good night, guys. Uh, we're gonna go get swept in the World Series by Scott Pitsednik. Thank you, Scott Pitsednik, and thank you, Houston Astros. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah. <laughs> One more division to go here. On to the National League West. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I've got the Diamondbacks at the bottom. I don't know what they're doing. This <laughs> <laughs> is one of those sort of confounding teams. Who watches them? Who roots for the Arizona Diamondbacks? I mean, most of the people in Phoenix aren't from Phoenix, so they probably have one of those like geography problems where everybody's from somewhere else. Plus, you're in the spring training home for a lot of these teams, and you look up and down at that team, and boy, you want to talk about, like, Frankenstein's monster. Just You know what they have the roster of? Oh, that's where that guy is? That's what they have, because that's what happens when I look at their their team. Oh, that's where Adam Jones went. Oh, that's where Eduardo Escobar went. I mean, it's just up and down the whole roster. It's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that those guys are all on the diamond. Yeah, that's a last-place finish. Wilmer Flores is playing there now? Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know he was decent last year. I've never been a big fan of Zach Ranke. Um, I, to anchor the rotation, he's just always seemed kind of, like, flaky to me. Like, like you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop with him all the time. Like, he'll go out and he'll look good, and then he'll just go out and get annihilated. Yeah, Zach Ranke just drives me nuts. Uh, Robbie Ray is nice. Uh, the bullpens, I but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say that you just you just can't slap it together the way that the Diamondbacks have and and, and compete. I was struggling between Arizona and San Fran for last. The reason I'm going to take Arizona for fifth and agree with you is one reason and one reason only. Just because they announced Greg Holland and named Greg Holland the closer over Archie Bradley. Yeah. So this is two years in a row now that Archie Bradley should have been the closer for that team, but for some reason they want to make him the, the setup guy. And I understand that there might be more important at bats, just like Josh Hader, that there might be more important situations in the seventh or eighth. And you want to save Bradley for that, but good God, he's the closer. He, he, he's clearly the guy <laughs> that you want to have as your closer. Greg Holland, uh, it gives me an opportunity to explain, which I may have even told the story on the show, but I don't think I'd have. But Greg Holland, if you remember, uh, had the, the big year closing for, was it the Rockies a couple of years ago, uh, as a free agent year, and becomes a, a free agent and is looking for work. He's doing what uh, Craig Kimbrell is doing right now, which is he's waiting for somebody to give him a call. And finally, the St. Louis Cardinals, as after the season had started, uh, go ahead and, and give Greg Holland a ring and say, you know, Trevor Rosenthal is struggling and we don't know. Sangwon O, I think, was closing for them, and that wasn't going to work out either. So they were trying to give Greg Holland a chance. So I got to watch one of those Greg Holland outings in Memphis as they were trying to build him up and get him ready to, to call up to the major leagues. And it was a day game. And I'm sitting there watching this guy 
just implode. Like he got a lead in the ninth inning, uh, and it was it might not have even been a one run lead. It might have been more than that, two or three or something like that. But he came in, walked the whole park, finally gave up a grand slam to somebody, just completely blew the game, blew yeah. the lead all to hell. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's awful. And the Cardinals called him up like the next week or something uh, just because, you know, they invested the money and they were going to give him a chance no matter what. But he was so finished at that point. And now not only does Arizona sign him, but they name him the closer over Archie Bradley. There is no chance. I drafted Archie Bradley in my fantasy league uh, today, and I don't ever usually draft setup guys because I, I want the saves. If, I'm, if I got a relief pitcher, I need the saves. There's no chance Greg Holland survives this year as the closer and Archie Bradley doesn't get his chance. He's going to get his chance to close at some point because Greg Holland sucks. So just for that reason alone, I'm picking Arizona fifth. Okay. Oh, so I thought of another reason that they had to change the name of the disabled list. See, because, you know, we, we thought it was maybe a slight against um, the differently abled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there also may have been a perceived slight that all of these guys who went on the disabled list, everybody suddenly thought they were gay. What? Because <laughs> they were on the DL. Oh, my God. You know. It's a different DL that they're on. Oh. It's, a, it's a whole different DL. Well, yeah, could you just, you know, guys walking around. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I play ball for a living. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the DL. Oh, how you what? doing? Huh? <laughs> you're on the DL? What? Wait a minute. Let me get my kid away from you. Yeah, now you're on the IL. See? Uh-huh. No confusion. Um, Sure. Uh, you, you're working on that one all night, huh? I just thought oh. of it, actually. Oh. Is there a new Greg Holland story? <laughs> oh, the, the, you thought of that so you could stay awake during my Greg Holland yes. story? Okay. Yes. Yeah, because tomorrow uh, on my I'm, I'm in the middle of like a nine day stretch of vacation here this week, but tomorrow is the one day I work. Um, oh. <laughs> so, uh, I've got the Giants in fourth. I don't trust them at all. Um, you know, the faith that I have in the Diamondbacks is very little. I don't have much more in the Giants. It doesn't it doesn't really sound like you do either. No, I don't. I also have them fourth. Uh, they're they're the... that's just that's just kind of a team of guys, right? They can pitch, but how are they right. going to hit? Yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering. They, the, I was looking at the the CEO of the San Francisco Giants. You remember the so the situation that he got himself in, trying to drag the cell phone out of his wife's hand and, and uh, getting oh. arrested for <laughs> yeah for, for assault and domestic violence, whatever. His name was Larry Bear, and uh, even with him, notwithstanding the San Francisco Giants, they don't really have much hitting here. Even with the, the CEO, they, they, they still don't have any punch. Uh, anyway, man, and yeah, I know we're, it's getting late for both of us. And Mad Bum is faltering. Madison Bumgarner seems like he's falling off. And yeah, that, that was that was their guy. So 
you know, if, if he's not doing it, then then who is? So yeah, Bruce Bochy in his last year, it, I don't think it's going to go very well. Okay, so yeah, we don't like the Diamondbacks and we don't like the Giants. Uh, I like the Padres a, a little bit more than the Giants, so I've got the Padres in third. Uh, in sort of a close race, Padres and Dodgers. Uh, I think the Padres do have the potential to be one of those teams this year that are a little under the radar. That people just obviously they only won like what, 66 games last year, so nobody. This could be that team that everybody's sleeping on. They could be if there's a team that has the potential to kind of be this year's Oakland A's. I could see the Padres kind of kind of sneaking up on people. They had the big signing with Manny Machado. Um, so, so they're clearly going to buy in him. They do have a roster beyond him that that's some guys. I mean, let's see if Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to get his. He's another one of these top prospects that's going to give it a go right away. Um, Hell yeah, put him in there and get, and get the call up. Let him start the season. Uh, they 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 rostered Francisco Mejia, who I think will be the starting catcher not too long into the season once everyone realizes that Austin Hedges is not a major league starting catcher. Uh, Francisco Mejia can rake. So oh, yeah. that's a, that's a team that's going to hit, uh, their pitching. That's where I sort of fall down on them a little bit. There's a lot of run being given to this Chris Paddock, um, that, that he could be sort of a stud starting pitcher for them, but beyond him, Oh, that's guys. That's rough. Um, but, that's a lot of offense. We saw what it did, you know, playing out West. It's a big ballpark. The ball doesn't fly out of the yard. Um, they, they will score some runs. Uh, they, I could see them sort of having an, an Oakland A's vibe to them, but I'm still going to put them just barely behind the Dodgers uh, in third place. And then I have the Dodgers second. Well, I like the Padres to surprise some people and, and make a run as well. I like them. More than you do, I have him second in the NL West. Uh, I've always been a Manny Machado fan. He's just – you talk about all around. Like, at the plate, incredible defender. Uh, may not hustle all the time, but, you know, big deal about that. Um, I'm, I'm just a big fan of his. Uh, they're starting Tatis at shortstop. That means they're not monkeying with service time. That's great. Again, it's, uh, they had to be shamed into it like everyone else, I'm sure, but – uh, it, it's happening. So if that young staff comes along that they're talking about those guys like Paddock and then Lucchese, that might be something if they are, that that's, I know that's the, 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 the if t-shirt that's been marketed for the white Sox, but if, if, if for the Padres, I, I have them. So here's where I have to uh, talk about my playoff situation in the national league, because uh, if a lot of things go right for the Padres, I can see them, being the uh, a, a wild card team, being that second wild card team, there's another team uh, that I talked about earlier that I can also see being the second wild card team, and that's going to lead me to do something that has not been done on our baseball show. We do it a lot on the football shows, making picks, uh, but it's baseball. You know, it's so unpredictable, so I don't have any uh, guilt about doing something like this. But I'm pulling out the first ever baseball season prediction contingency pick here's what's going to happen if the milwaukee brewers get their motherfucking heads out of their ass and sign craig kimbrell to be their closer instead of belly aching about oh my god we have to use uh uh, the hater 
in a situation we don't want to. There's a really good closer sitting out there on the market for you right now. He's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, and he's not 40 years old. He's not ancient. If they do what they're supposed to do, I'm giving them until when I dip back in town. I'm coming to see you Friday. We're having the greatest day in sports on Saturday. I'm getting back on a bus and coming back home on Sunday night. I'm giving them till Sunday night. I'm giving them an entire uh, series to open the season without a real closer. Uh, but until Sunday night, if the Milwaukee Brewers by Sunday night sign Craig Kimbrell, I'm picking them to be my second wild card team. And if they want to continue to have their heads stuck in their ass and they don't sign Craig Kimbrell, then I'm going to pick the San Diego Padres to be my second wild card team. So that is my baseball wild card contingency pick. Wow. I, I give you credit because, you know, I'm, you know, you actually took the step that I alluded to taking, which was saying that I thought that the Padres had the chance to be one of those surprising teams. And you're just going to, you're all in. So good for you. I did that last year with Oakland. I think my all in this year is the twins. Uh, I hate to have to ride with the twins because that was probably the, the biggest shock on the show from my standpoint was that I have the twins to win the AL central um, and not just, just not, laying it out there on the platter like I should so easily for the Indians. But yeah, I, I really did toy with the idea of the Padres as uh as a wild card team, as a as a playoff team, but I have them just just short. Now if now, hey, you you think they could sign Kimbrell in Milwaukee? Well why couldn't San Diego sign oh, I don't know, Dallas Keuchel? To to be a the veteran starter instead of all these kids. Yeah. Then sure, you know they, they I'll, I'll see your Kimbrel and raise you a, a you know a, a solid number two starter in the league um, and add them to this young core and and you know, why not oh we have, it's going to cost us a draft pick oh my god <laughs> I mean seriously yeah. like when you look at these rosters the way they're made up okay the San Diego Padres forty man roster thirteen of those guys thirteen of the players on the forty man roster of the San Diego Padres are guys they drafted and developed. So don't give me this crap about, oh, it's going to cost us a draft pick. I don't want to hear this about any of these guys. That's a, that's a lame, that's a service time, lame level of excuse. <laughs> so, you know, you know how these GMs are about their draft picks. They're precious, precious draft picks. <sighs> so, yeah. I've, so I've got the Dodgers, even though I think that they, 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 they kind of did a little bit of a gut, um, you know, with the big move, um, getting rid of all those guys, sending them to Cincinnati. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I've got them in second place. I do have them. I have the Dodgers. I actually have the Dodgers and the Cardinals as my two NL wild cards this year. Okay. So we didn't really talk much about my NL wild cards, but I have the Dodgers as the other one. They they, they do have sort of that been there, done that. Uh, they still have – decent starting pitchers, although we're, I think everybody's starting to watch the Clayton Kershaw thing and yeah. going, uh-huh. shoulder discomfort, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that could very, I mean, if we all of a sudden come to find out, I'll give you a contingency pick. We come <laughs> to find out that this Kershaw thing turns into a, like a Tommy John or a, long, a whole season thing, or he's got to go under the knife and he's going to miss four months, I could easily flip-flop the Dodgers and the uh, Padres very easily. Okay. Cause I don't, I, I think they can sustain short term. They have a good bullpen. I mean, they, they, they can hit, but you can't, you can't lose 
20 to 25 starts of Clayton Kershaw and, and not have that have a major negative impact. It's also asking a lot of San Diego, a, a team that, you know, finished 26 games out of first place last year. <laughs> <laughs> but that means people have the Rockies to win the division. That's, that's almost like a mild upset. You never, you never let me talk about the Dodgers. Um, no, I do not have the Rockies winning the division. I have the Dodgers first and the Rockies oh, the third. Dodgers. Oh, See, it's late. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, the, the, the Dodgers, you know, probably the, maybe six or seven or eight rotations in the league that could withstand uh, uh, losing a Clayton Kershaw because the Dodgers can, can actually back him up with guys that they, you're, they're trying to fit Kenta Maeda as the, the closer last year because they were trying to find room for, for his arm. Um, so they can just put him back in a rotation as Julio Urias kid that's been bubbling under for a couple of years. Now they're going to be able to use him. They, they can withstand, Kershaw, as great as Kershaw has been, one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. I think we both agree with that. Uh, yes, it will yep. be a huge loss if, if, if this turns into a long-term thing. But I really do think that's one of the top rotations uh, that could withstand a loss like him. They have the depth to back him up uh, and, and do something about that. And offensively, uh, A.J. Pollock was a, is another guy that I've always been a big fan of. He did work at times. Uh, with the with the Arizona Diamondbacks, he, he when he's healthy, he he puts it in. He he gets it in. Uh, real nice addition for the Dodgers. Uh, they get this guy Corey Seager back. You may have heard of uh, that was hurt all last year. They get him back at shortstop, and uh, they hope closer uh, Kenley Jansen's heart doesn't blow out uh, on the mound. But uh, if he's healthy and everything's working well, he's one of still one of the best closers in the game. I know Kershaw's hurt, but like I said, I like the depth. I like the starting pitching depth, so I still like the Dodgers to to be the class of the NL West. Wow. Okay. So somehow in my midnight stupor, I revealed that I have the Rockies to win the division. So I guess that is a mild upset. Yeah, it's mild. I've seen people uh, put them up there. So, yeah, it's mild, but it's not completely unheard of. Right, I mean, they, they finished a game off the division lead last year, so it's like, woo, big shot. <laughs> right. It's not like it's one of those things where, you know, like the, the Padres, you got them going from 66 wins to the wild card. That, that's a mild upset. Um, no, I, I like what the Rockies are doing, that that team can hit. They, they locked up Nolan Arenado. That's a team with a lot of draft and develop guys. You want to talk about, you want to talk about a team that, that, clearly has brought up a lot of talent, you know, um, most of their starters, most of their pitchers are all their guys. And boy, they, they, they've, they've done it right. They very quietly have sort of put together one of these teams that we don't talk about much in the same vein as like the Astros, the Cubs and the Braves, cause they're so high profile. They also don't play out West. Um, <laughs> You know, in the in the in Denver, like uh, you know, because everybody knows Denver is just a hotbed of baseball activity. But they, they've they're they're clearly doing it the right way, and that team that team can hit. Their pitchers are for pitching in that ballpark. I know they've got the Humidor and they're doing all these things, and the home road split, splits are still a very real thing. Um, I like the Rockies. I, I, I think that they can take that game that they finished behind the Dodgers and that the Dodgers are weakened enough, especially if, if Clayton Kershaw has gone for a very long time that I could see the Rockies making up that game difference and uh, 
taking home a division title. Well, the shock of last year's 91-win Rockies was the solid starting pitching that they got, specifically uh, Kyle Freeland putting up 17 wins in a 285 ERA. Yeah. Do you really want to bet on a starting pitcher for the Rockies once again putting up 17 wins with a 285 ERA? I'm not thinking they're going to repeat that. You don't need a 285 ERA. That's almost like a luxury when you're pitching for the Rockies. Get away at three five or three six for the for the totality of a whole season, because you know what's a two eight five if he's pitching at sea level all year. He might be Degrom. <laughs> right. If you said Jake Degrom to Denver, he might have a two eight five ERA. <laughs> I'm not saying that Kyle, but if you look at the other pitchers, German Marquez, John Gray, there are not. Yes, it was the Kyle Freeland show. He was the one who got all the 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 the, pu- the the publicity, but that rotation's solid. Yeah, I like Marquez. He's a, he's a strikeout artist, uh, but I just can't. It, it's just something about the Rockies pitching that just makes me itchy when I when I say I'm going to trust the Rockies <laughs> to continue to be real good based on their pitching. That just that just doesn't sound right. Uh, okay, it, 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 no, I, I get it. it. That, that's they weren't. They weren't awful. Just don't be awful, I guess, is, is the thing about Rockies pitching. And, and I don't trust them to, to not just uh, – it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Freeland's ZRA this year was 4.85 instead of 2.85, just because it's Colorado. That's all, just because it's Colorado. Yeah. Lineup line up solid as always. Uh, and you've got the if shirts from Chicago for the White Sox. If uh, Daniel Murphy – would have a place to rebound and have another career resurgence. This would be the place. If if there's any uh, place yeah. he would he would do that, this would be it right here in, in Colorado. So if that if one of these kids at second base pans out with Garrett Hampson and, and if he doesn't work out Ryan McMahon, the former first baseman, uh if Ian Desmond puts together another decent year for them, if, if, if so a lot of ifs for Colorado as well for me. Okay. Well, it's fair enough. So I, I don't break down the whole playoffs. Uh, I just have my ALCS and my NLCS and my World Series champion. I'm not going to go through all the rounds, but I don't know how you do it. I can't go through all the rounds. I have no idea which wild card is going to be. I don't have no I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't do that either. So, okay. Uh, we started in the AL. Uh, who do you have uh, coming out of the AL this year? My American League representative, uh, unfortunately, boring as it may be, is once again going to be the Boston Red Sox. And I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those kids that they're going to try at closer, I wouldn't be surprised if neither one of them work out and then they just go make a trade uh, at the deadline and get some really good closer uh, uh, on July the 31st. Or, or hey, maybe just re-sign Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> Or that too, if, if, if he guy would, if he you would had. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I know it's going to sound, uh, boy, like a broken record, but I'm going to have the Astros coming out. It, they're still loaded, and and they were a wounded team last year, and it still won 103 games. They had the second best record in the American <laughs> League, and worst they were three game winner worst, ever. The worst 103 win team ever in history um if they can stay mostly healthy you, you we were talking about teams that could afford to lose a starting pitcher the, the astros could afford to probably lose three guys in their starting rotation right now and still have 
an absolutely dynamite starting rotation to win 100 games. So that 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 team is just absolutely stacked from top to bottom. There are still players in that organization. I know that the 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 minors for them are fairly empty compared to what they were. You know, they're not the Padres where they have like 12 players in the top 100 um, prospects in baseball, but there's still guys. I mean, the Astros are a machine, I and mean, the Cubs went through this. The Braves are going to go. So these teams, once the once all the guys come up and and, and they and they show out, then they, uh, you know, you got to wait a few years because now you're drafting late, and it, it's just the cycle of baseball. But the uh, I, I still have I like the Astros uh, over the Yankees actually in the ALCS. All right, it's a very good pick. I cannot possibly argue against the uh, the Houston Astros. Okay, uh, National League. I'm going to go back to the Cubbies. I think there's. Some, wow, I, I don't know okay. if you. I don't know if you saw uh, uh, an article that I posted that about the hot seat for for Joe Madden, the, the hottest yeah. of hot seats, because the Cubs did not uh, extend his contract. He's one of those rare lame duck managers this year, and oh. uh, the. You know, the, the the consistent seems to be that this is it. If he doesn't put them back, if he doesn't uh, rectify the fluke, the fluke title from 2016, if he doesn't uh, back that up, then that might be curtains for Mr. Joe Madden. So I think they're they're going to play very motivated this year, the whole team. So this one's for Joe, huh? This one's for Joe. This is, uh, this is a Tom Coughlin season, I guess. Yes, because that first Giants Super Bowl would have been a fluke if they didn't back it up. Yeah, every time, every time there was a rumor that Tom Coughlin was about to get fired, the Giants would go win a Super Bowl, <laughs> save his job one more time. Yeah, uh, I do have the Cubs in the NLCS. I actually have them going down to mm. a basically younger version of themselves. I'm going to have the Astros facing the Atlanta Braves. Ooh in the world series. And you want to talk about like the three teams, you know, three of those four teams right there between the, you know, with the Cubs, Astros and Braves are the three teams who we've basically highlighted the most who have done things the right way, the way they should be done. And I think those the three of those, you know, the Yankees being the other one who are also starting to go back to that mold. The Yankees have gone away from just by titles and hey, look! Now they're drafting and developing and trading for youngsters and, and bringing these guys up through. Um, it works, and so <laughs> you, you're, there, there's clearly a, a pattern that's been established. Um, it's a copycat league, and I've got you know almost all. I guess I could honestly say all four of the teams that I have there, even including the Yankees. Well, it pains me to say, um, are these teams that have have shown up with youngsters and young talent and. And, and homegrown superstars, and uh, I like the uh, like the Houston Astros to uh, get one over on the uh, upstart Braves, and uh, Houston to win another title here. Wow! So the Astros uh, uh, get over their fluke <laughs> and, yeah. and get another championship. Um, yep, I'm, I'm I'm going all the way with the win one for for Joe uh, situation, and also because it's very hard for uh, a team to repeat. As World Series champions, I feel like I pick uh, the Cubs and the Red Sox in the World Series every year, just trying to get the Theo Bowl. Uh, so I'm going to do it again. I'm going to have Cubs, Red Sox in the World Series, and I'm going to have Joe Madden and the Chicago Cubs come all the way well, yeah, and win mean, another title. If you if you want ratings, <laughs> if you're baseball, oh. you want the Cubs and the Yankees or the Cubs and the Red Sox, right? 
Yes, if baseball were something you could gerrymander and rig and, and get that to happen, yep. that's exactly what they would do. Of course, you can't because baseball is too unpredictable. But right. if they could, that would be the matchup. I, I fully admit that Houston and Atlanta, not a sexy Super Bowl. I mean, not a, I mean uh, that wouldn't or be a World sexy Series. Super Bowl either. <laughs> no. That also is not, <laughs> not a sexy Super Bowl. That wouldn't be a sexy NBA Finals, uh, Rockets and uh, Hawks. <laughs> you know. So, yes, Houston and Atlanta, not two cities that you usually want if you're a, a broadcast executive uh, to go to a, a major sports championship. Um, but, yeah, I'm not playing any uh, any media narrative here. Uh, David Stern doesn't run baseball, I don't think. I don't believe he does. No, it's Rob Manfred and his rule changes uh, two weeks <laughs> well, before the season begins. Like, they're trying to be a little too much like football. Points of emphasis. Yeah, they're trying we, to be. We don't need that in baseball. They could take. They could keep all the rules the same way they are and just get us the damn robot ump. That's all I want. I'm ready. Let's go, robot umps. The one thing I do want is traditional and crotchety and get off the lawn as we are with our sports. Sometimes the one we're both squarely on the record over the last several you know years of doing this show that we we want the track man or quest deck or whatever the hell they want to call it. I am tired of seeing balls thrown right down the middle, <laughs> not called strikes, and vice versa. Don't ever need to see C.B. Buckner's strike zone ever again. Ever. <laughs> we, we can eliminate pitch framing and, and all that BS. Or if you have a, a the catcher sets up on the outside edge of the plate and the ball tails back right over the heart of the plate, it's still not called a strike because basically they fooled the ump. A strike's a strike. <laughs> yes, that, that's what I'm ready for, for a strike to actually be a strike. Yeah, so I know that's something that is being tested uh, this season, I believe, in one of the uh, minor leagues or independent leagues. I think it's like the Atlantic League. I mean, so so baseball is clearly getting the idea to, you know, play test this stuff um, in some places in the minors, and I hope it's a success. I believe they're also play testing what they're doing in the minor leagues already, which is extra innings, uh, or uh, no, actually, I think it was, I was reading, this is what they're going to start doing for, for all-star games, that st- starting in the 10th inning, they're just going to put a man on second base at the start of the um, inning and just go yeah, from there trying to... No. You, you need to earn your rig and Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't need you to rig the game by adding base runners who haven't actually earned their way onto base. That's just... That's a different right. game. That's, that's like the soccer... Uh, 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 you know, goal shootout. That's not the same game or the hockey shootout. That's, you're, 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 first of all, you, you put that guy on second base, the next guy up intentionally he walked. walked. Yeah. Right? Probably. It, it doesn't matter. Right. Because why you're going to try next to set up guy, the next guy up after him is bunting. And we just start that. <laughs> <old. laughs> uh, yeah, I don't need that. No, that's that's some junk. I was able to avoid BS. I was able to avoid working any extra inning games in all the games that I did last year, but I'm not going to bet on that happening again. So eventually, I'm going to have to see this, and I'm going to have to figure out how to score it in this system uh, because I've never had to to do it. But there's a way that there's a special way to do it. There's special instructions on how to put it in, and it's just stupid. It's it's unnecessary and it's stupid. (sighs) 
yes. No, I uh I agree 100%. So before we uh, get snipered tonight, I think that might have been part of the problem when that uh, one show didn't go through all the way. So probably best for us to end the show on our own terms and not let the sniper decide because that way once you click the button, then uh, it probably submits the show. I think I've got the weird feeling that the sniper is what did us in on that Oscar show. Yeah, it may have been. The sniper has never been a problem before, but we I don't know. So yeah, you're you're yeah. right. We can we can certainly call it a show right here. Uh two and a half hours. I don't think we have too much else to add anyway. So No. Nope. I'll see you in two days. Uh we'll we'll, we'll be working on uh having a draft on Saturday and tear up Chicago a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, next week or so. Uh, the the trip to Chicago Friday night, Saturday night, we'll have some fun, maybe see some old friends. Um, I'll be back here uh, Sunday night at home, and then uh, Wednesday, uh, I'm sorry, Monday night um, is going to be. Uh, and Jerry is already on board for this. It's going to be WrestleMania preview show. It's Monday night. Time for that go home raw, and then we come right on at 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, and break down the road to WrestleMania. So that's ah. already coming up as soon as, uh, as soon as our trip, as soon as our weekend is over, we can go wow. right back to that on Monday. Well, it's okay. So I'm going to have to uh, sign up for one of these, like, seven-day trials of some TV service on Monday so I can watch it, because I'm off work. Oh, yeah. I, I, I forgot to cut, cut the cord. Cut the cord again. So, yeah, we get to the summertime. We don't really have a TV service, so I'll find like the least expensive one I can that has USA sign up for some seven day free trial and <laughs> okay and uh and watch that otherwise i will uh I'll find way otherwise I'll be on the show not knowing what I'm talking about, but knowing that it's wrestling, I probably yeah. don't even need to watch because it's just probably people it's just a reshuffling of the deck every year anyways. You could probably, if, if worse comes to worse, you can go to a wrestling website and read the recap, and you'll know exactly what's happening. It'll be exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a soap opera. It's like one of those soap opera catch-up sites, you know? Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me go and see what happened on Days of Our Lives. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this person who had been sleeping with that person is sleeping with this person now. Okay. Oh, this person got shot, but they're in a coma <laughs> again. So, all right. So that's our next show, uh, Monday, 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, the WrestleMania preview show with Jerry, the wrestling expert. So we're definitely looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'll see you uh, Friday night. Uh, we'll yeah. Go have some, maybe some Portillo's or something and, and oh, really have some fun man. right before the draft. Baseball, yeah, have some fun. <laughs> All uh, right. Stomach's going to be thanking me, I'm sure, after this trip for <laughs> a week. Yeah, no, uh, it'll be fun. I'll be down there on on uh, I'll be down there on Friday late in the afternoon, and we'll we'll, we'll get this uh, fantasy team of ours situated. And it's always fun when we get back and we can you know talk about how that went too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Defending our All title. Right. Well, defending the title that you're gonna have to defend and 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 hold off the jinx of me because you won the title last year because I wasn't at the draft and now. <laughs> Now I'm gonna be there, so you, you have to. Now it, it, it was a fluke. You have to defend the fact that it was a fluke. Now oh, is the problem. That, that's what it is. That title I don't came, care. That was a that was just a fluke. It was a profitable fluke. <laughs>
All right. He's Jay. I'm Dre. This has been the baseball preview for Kings of Non Sequitur, the offseason version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank all of you for listening for two and a half hours if you did that. And our next show will be Monday night, the WrestleMania preview show, and we will talk to you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.